0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Hi, this is Tony Cotty and you're listening to the We Are West End Podcast.
0: You are listening to the We Are West Ham podcast for the final time of the 2021-2022 season. A historic campaign for the Hammers on and off the pitch, but particularly on it. Where? For the first time. In our history, we qualified for European football for the second season running, reached the semi-final of the Europa League. Truly unforgettable scenes along that magical journey. Decent showing as well in the two domestic competitions, quarterfinals of the League Cup, taking a couple of big scalps in Manchester City and Manchester United along the way before an FA Cup fifth round exit to Southampton away. No shame in that, given what we've done in all of the other competitions we were fighting on this season, all the way until the very end. Mark Noble bowed out in his final Campaign. Mr. West Ham, as every single social media user, particularly the West Ham Twitter admin, seems to have dubbed him these days. Emotional scenes there for Mark's last game as well. Carlos Tevez even popped back into Say Hello at one stage and there was loads of other amazing things that happened in between. Fantastic matches, fantastic individual performances, some not so great, which we'll touch on as well. But me and James Jones are here for the last time this season to have a look back at all of it from beginning to end in varying levels of detail, depending on the quality of our memory and most importantly, the quality of the game. It's been a long, exhausting season for the players, for me and James Jones churning out the West Ham, the We Are West Ham podcast each and every week for you guys, countless games of football. To be played and to be covered, opposition views to organise and all of that sort of thing. But it's been an absolute roller coaster. Jonesy, end of the season, mate. Finally, finally, we can all take a collective deep breath. I saw you tweeting earlier on, moaning about fans already getting up in arms about the state of West Ham's transfer activity. And we're not even out of May yet. I, for one, as you well know, I'm I'm only in it for the football on the pitch and the experiences and going to games and that sort of thing. Uh, And as soon as the summer swings around, frankly, I switch off like we're going to do to the podcast for a few weeks after today. Just absolutely not for me. Uh, But what a season, mate. What a campaign. Historic.
1: I don't think... I'm not too sure I'm going to be able to find the words, mate, to really describe how amazing it was over the course of what, the next hour or so. Um I've been thinking a lot about it since the end of the season. Obviously, the season did end in a little bit of disappointment um, in not being able to finish sixth, uh, even though United lost. But if you look back at everything, like just what, what a year. What a year. The the Europa League campaign was was just unforgettable. And it, it, it was unforgettable for me because we did not expect to go on a run like that. Mm-mm not the beginning of the season. And then we go and do what we did and, you know, the experiences that we had along the way. Uh, the league form was superb. tailed off was the end, but I can't really, can't really blame the squad too much given how thin it was. Um, but yeah, all in, an unforgettable campaign and it will go down. It will go down in, in history, I think, as, as a really, really important campaign, I think, an like, important season for West Ham United because um, yeah, even if we don't build on it, um, it was just one for the fans as well. Incredible, um, Yeah. And just, just on you mentioned my little tweet about the little transfer window thing. I woke up this morning, and I've I've barely since the end of the season. I've I've kind of switched off a little bit. Uh, difficult for me to do, given my job, and it's, I'm sure it's the same for you as well. But yeah, I've kind of but just gone. The West Ham, just like, yeah. I've just kind of gone. Look, it's not even been two weeks into the, the season. I'm just going to whatever, like. Right players have literally only just gone on holiday. Um, pre-season, I think we've only announced like one pre-season game. Like we're a mile away from any business being done. Um, but I do know that we're, we're, we're close to signing potentially two players. And wait, there was a tweet this morning. First thing I read on Twitter, it's just like one one journalist has gone. Uh, they're still waiting to finalise sort of, you know, cross, um, cross the T's, dot the I's on these two contracts for Ariola and then this defender at, Wren and uh, Aguered. Quite... Aguered yeah um, looks like a decent player don't know a great deal about him but you know if it's another defender we need one and uh, someone's quote retweeted and gone why is it that this club always take forever to get deals over the line it's a joke it's this it's that and I'm like hang on mate it's the 31st of May They're like <laughs> what's going on like, England haven't even played the internationals yet like yeah what, yeah what, what, what the season it? technically hasn't finished it hasn't finished the, the, like, officially the transfer window isn't open yet officially it <laughs> opens on like the the 5th of june or something like chill yeah, yeah. out mate and that's why i tweeted what i tweeted because i was like i cannot believe i'm seeing this like it's not even been 10 days since the season finished and people are accusing the club of like you know um dawdling and you know just not get not getting the business done quick enough I thought, like, right, this can't be true. This can't. This genuinely can't be serious. But it was because mm. in the replies, there were other fans going, "Yeah, I know, mate. It's a joke, isn't it?" I thought, okay, can't, <laughs> I can't, I can't, I genuinely can't believe this. So I am switching off as well for at least a couple yeah. of weeks. No West Ham transfer chat. Yeah. Nothing. No Twitter summer. That's what you need. I, I must yeah. admit,
0: it's, that's that's some that's some proper decent commitment to being perennially negative, isn't it? When you're having yeah. a go at your club for not completing any transfers before the transfer window is open. It's legally uh, impossible for them to do so, but I'm still so anti-West Ham and anti-the board and anti-positivity that I refuse to let the good feelings that came from last season's campaign stay with me for any longer than two weeks. And I need to be straight (laughs) getting stuck in (laughs) on Twitter (laughs) before they're even allowed to sign any players. Yeah, phenomenal stuff, mate. One thing, obviously, uh, and you mentioned there about a historic campaign one will never forget. um, And all of those things are totally true. And it almost felt I don't don't know about you, mate, uh, so many feelings this season that I just haven't had before sporting West Ham that I really wasn't used to namely, joy, optimism, hope, (laughs) happiness, (laughs) enjoyment of games, you know. (laughs)
1: Anything good that should come from being. supporter, let alone a West Ham yeah. fan. Just, is anything good that you, you see all your other mates that support successful clubs have? Yeah. And you're like, yeah. oh, that's nice of them. I know I'll never, ever experience that because I, yeah, I somehow yeah. ha- happen to be in into being a West Ham fan. And now we finally experienced all those feelings.
0: Yeah. Exactly, mate. And the the, the, the that feeling of like, just really being a bit confused because you wake up uh, on a match day, being excited to go to games. Very, very peculiar feeling. Indeed, gone are the days—the uh, those heady Sam Allardyce days when I'd wake up on a Saturday, and or it'd be Friday, I'd be at work or whatever I'd be doing, and someone'd go, oh, "What are you up to at the weekend?" And I go, "Oh God, I've got to go to West Ham. I've got to go sit and watch a Sam Allardyce team hack out uh, a one-all draw at home to relegation threaten Sunderland as we." St- stagger our way to a 14th place finish um yeah quite something and it almost James I think it'd be fair to say uh, because of all those feelings we never felt before it also it almost felt like you weren't supporting West Ham and that you were supporting a different club and it was almost fortunately though that we had uh David Moyes provided us all uh with a reminder on a couple of occasions that despite victories over Liverpool, Chelsea, Manchester United, Manchester City and Tottenham this season. I mean, when have we ever been able to say that? And the only team I believe to um, have beaten Manchester City and Liverpool this season are West Ham and Real Madrid. So that just tells you what sort of uh, company we're keeping at the moment. But fortunately, in case anyone was wondering, I don't support West Ham anymore. We still failed to beat Brighton and Hove Albion. I've, (laughs) having had two chances of asking. Of course, of course, we did absolutely ridiculous stuff. And quite frankly, the I I mean, we'll, we'll do that obviously a little bit later on in the show. But as we haven't had a podcast since that game, what what did that game leave you feeling? At the end of the season, I'll be quite. And it was a magical season, mate. It really was. I've never known anything like it. I loved every minute of it, or most minutes of it. But it it was, uh, I'm not really sure about how I felt at the end. I just knew Manchester United were going to lose. And the fact we couldn't capitalize that and then nick that Europa League spot, which was still on and no one was really talking about it, everyone was assuming it was Man United's. The fact that they left the door open for us. And we can capitalise it, particularly against Brighton, which I know lots of fans don't really care about. I hate that. I hate the Brighton thing. Like It really, really winds me up badly that we haven't been (laughs) Brighton. (laughs) Like, really, really hate it. I proper don't enjoy the Brighton games before because I'm like, oh, here we go. I know what's going to happen. And it was a bit of a double whammy this time. Shame to end the season on that note. But uh, as much as the Brighton thing was annoying... The fact that we could have secured a Europa League spot again and didn't. Ah, oh, it's just frustrating.
1: It, I mean, it would have been almost the perfect end to uh, what what uh in, in West Ham's book was the perfect season. But I d I I don't really I can't I don't really remember feeling anything other than just a little bit of disappointment because United lost and they were always losing that game away at Palace. Like mm. uh Ranjit knew he was off, the players didn't really care, um the players don't even like each other. Um, by all accounts, um, so they were going to lose that game against Palace, you know, all day long. But what people are forgetting is that we were never going to beat Brighton, so it mm, didn't really matter yeah. going into it. Okay, yeah, we were one nil up, I think for 15 minutes we were we were sixth, um, and those 15 minutes were half time. I think I think it was just <laughs> yeah. half time, yeah, and then suddenly Brighton come out equalising, and it's, 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 we're back in the seventh. But I don't know. I've said I've said quite a lot recently on this podcast that. I'm not that fussed that it's yeah. Okay, we would have been like we've, we've grown to have this kind of mini love affair with the Europa League because of the run we went on. And um, but I think the conference League is going to be a good laugh. I think it's going to be good. I, I don't see I don't see it being like a oh, Mickey Mouse competition or anything like that. Um, I see it being a good opportunity for us. So yeah, it's frustrating not to get into the Europa League. And in order to get to the group stage of the conference league, we've got to do a, a playoff in August. Um, which is a little bit annoying, but at least it's not one of those dodgy playoffs at the beginning of July that we had to do in Europa League a few years back. Mm. But yeah, it was frustrating uh, because United lost, but we always knew they were going to do it. But I don't, I didn't want to take that away from just how proud I was of the team this season and how how happy I was that we, we got to experience everything that we did get to experience over nine, 10 months. Mm. So disappointing, but... I, I don't I don't think it should really define the season if you know I mean I mean it won't, but I don't want people to look back and go, Oh, I remember that season, we had a really good season, but we messed up against Brighton the last day and didn't finish sixth. Like, I don't think it really is going to be the thing that people remember. I think people are gonna remember yeah. it, obviously, for that Europa League run and and um and just how, how good the team were for the majority of the season. So Yeah. Yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. Fair
0: enough, mate. I I just think I look back now and we spoke earlier in the season, didn't we, or before the season about our expectations and hopes and what would be a good and bad season and, or not. And I said eighth and the Europa League quarterfinal uh, would be amazing and the domestic competitions, as long as we don't go out of them in a shameful way, because I always think it's a bit dodgy when people say, oh, we should get to the semifinal of an FA Cup. We should get to the semi final of the League Cup. Why? A, yeah. we're not one Should of the we? top yeah. four best teams in the country, and B, in any competition, it's all about the draw. It does, especially the domestic competitions. You get Manchester City or Man United in the first rounds, and which we did this season, um, performed admirably against both of them. And then you know you're up against it straight away. Uh, if you get Oxford or Kidderminster Harriers, which we obviously got in in the cup, then. Yeah, you maybe expect to beat those, but these things are never easy. And I just think it's like lazy and boring when people go, we should get here. It's like, why? We haven't done that for years. We're not in the top four best teams in the country. And it's all about the draw. So that's all I ever say with the competitions now. Don't go out in a shameful manner. And I don't think we did at all. Southampton away. They are in reasonable form at the time. We weren't playing particularly well. Um, and we had all the other, it wasn't one of our priorities either at the time. I, mm. I, the performance we put in in the Europa League is just magical, mate, and I'll f- remember it forever. And still managing to come seventh, which is a place higher than what I thought would have been an acceptable finish anyway, and being within a smidge of coming sixth again whilst doing the Europa League stuff, it's been nothing short of spectacular and a remarkable achievement from David Moyes. All the players, all the fans and Mark Noble spoke didn't he? When he said goodbye to everyone about he feels a real sense of unity at the club now between the supporters and, and the players and the manager and everyone pulling in the same direction. And for the first time for, well, since 2016, mate, it, that's 100% true. And it feels so much more sustainable this time round. Um, and it's absolutely brilliant. And all credit to David Moyes for, for making that happen. I believe Jonesy will uh, crack on. With our season review, very very shortly, let's just get some of the uh, administration, if you like, out of the way for the last time this season. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at we are underscore West Ham or on Instagram at we are West Ham Pod, Facebook search the We Are West Ham Podcast, and do the same on youtube as well subscribe to the pod give us five stars write us a review and more importantly tell your friends i know you hear me drone on about this each and every week but if you could do that if you haven't already go on to apple Podcasts, give us five stars leave us a review as it's the last one of the season we've got the whole summer coming up so it would be a nice little end of season present for the two of us and go and follow us on our socials as well twitter is probably Uh, where we're most active. I try and do a little bit, some pieces on Instagram as well. Um, And James obviously sorts out the YouTube every single week, with all the new videos and clips on there. And so, yeah, all of those socials go and get us and you can buy us a beer and support the podcast at buymeacoffee.com slash we are West Ham. Donations start from as little as a fiver and the money goes straight to Jonesy and I, and will only be spent over a bar or on equipment or guest fees to make the podcast better for you guys. Uh, seventh place finish in the Premier League, Jonesy. What a season that was. Um, One thing that I will say, James, I was going to do this at the end, but I think it's important to do it now uh, as it's the last one of the season. Jonesy and I are not exactly sure when we'll be back yet. We're going to have a few weeks off uh, just to enjoy the summer, give ourselves a little bit of a break from all the, the planning, the recording, the editing that goes in to getting these out each and every week. And it's mainly driven by the fact that me in particular, but uh, Jonesy to an extent, I like I transfer gossip and rumours, bore the pants off of us, and I don't want to spend God knows how long doing a fact file on some random rogue striker from the Spanish top tier. Ala Maxi Gomez is the one I think of. Um, don't want to do that for every single target West Ham are supposedly linked with. Uh, only for us to to finish the transfer window, having signed one extra player. So hope you don't mind. Jonesy and I take a well-deserved break. We, we think it's well-deserved. You may not. Uh, but I just want to say a few thank yous at the beginning of this podcast. I'll repeat some of them at the end as well. All of our opposition views this season, you make the podcast what it is, that section in particular. It, for If nothing else, it breaks up the sound of me and Jonesy talking at each other for an hour and a half or whatever. Everyone comes in. Obviously a lot of you have got your favourites. We've got Chigi from Chelsea, who's a regular contributor. Uh, All the journalists that have come on as well this season from various locations, local or otherwise. Dan Cutts has been on from the sun doing the Arsenal stuff for us as we like Alex more from the Mirror and the Express to do the Tottenham bits and pieces that we've had. We've had absolutely plenty. And then obviously we've had some new guys this year as well. Um, but every one of them give up their time for nothing between, you know, 15 and 20 minutes during the week when they all have jobs, just like we do to, uh, to come on, talk about their team and talk about the upcoming games against West Ham. Uh, Basti Red was my favourite this season obviously the Iron Track Frankfurt guy, uh, very very popular opposition view but it's brilliant it's, it's really good for me and Jonesy to get a bit of an insight into these guys from other clubs, what they do uh, and that sort of thing so massive thanks to anyone who's come on this season uh, our sponsors of course, Football Prizes were with us for a lot of the season Manscapes we had uh, at a certain point as well, they've been absolutely brilliant and just enable us to again do a few uh, just make it a little bit easier. We're not certainly not raking it in, Jonesy and I. We've still got our uh, got our normal jobs and all that sort of stuff. Um, this is by no means a cash cow and, uh, and, and the reasons we do this, is certainly not financial, but the sponsors just make things a little bit easier. A few quid in the coffers enable us to, you know, got some uh, on the road, mobile reporting gear this year, a few guest fees that we paid out for us, particularly earlier in the season. Uh, and it meant that the uh, the trip to Vienna that me and James were supposed to go on uh, for that Europa League group stage game, when it all went to pot, uh, we weren't left, well, we were left with the bill for the flights, but uh, fortunately that was covered by some of the pennies that we had in the coffers. So that was great. Huge thanks, of course, to Betway, the charity bets section that we've done. There's been a huge success again this season. We'll go into it in more detail, but Chad Yobans in particular Uh, Absolutely amazing guy over there at Betway. Took a gamble on us in the beginning two seasons ago now uh, when he decided to link up with us, when he took a random phone call from me on a Tuesday afternoon. So massive thanks to Betway and to Chad. We've raised more than £20,000 in the last two seasons now for some fantastic, amazing West Ham Link charities. Uh, So we're totally grateful to those guys and to Chad. In particular, the people who have bought us beers and got in touch. We've had a bit of a flurry since the end of the season, which we really, really appreciate. And I just want to read out some of the names. Now, so just to let you know, we appreciate it. Brad Stevens, he's not a first time beer buyer. Absolutely brilliant. Brad got on the other day, bought beers between us. We see he's 25 quid, that is from Brad. So that's absolutely wonderful. We really appreciate that. He said, once again, lads, just saying thank you for another season. Enjoyed all the pods, especially the shed building and email chat. Hopefully be over for the first game of the season. Brad uh, listens in from Australia. Be good to have a couple of pints for you. Absolutely. We'd love that, Brad. Steve Cantave, you like this one, Jonesy. I don't know if you picked up on this. I'm not a West Ham fan. I like Man City and I live in the US, but I've been following this podcast since last year and I find it to be a very enjoyable listen. Next season, I hope you guys maybe find some time to do immediate brief post-match shows following certain or all games. Great job and keep it up. We barely get time to do this, to be fair, mate, do we? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, but no, I think that's the first uh, non-West Ham fan I think we've had. Uh, Or certainly that um, I've got in touch. Rob Reeves bought five beers. IR Jack Davidson uh, says, hate, but love the podcast. That was nice. David OG, three beers earlier in the season. Great show, guys. Extra beers for Reese if he's out and about. Uh, Put it towards some socks, Will. Um, (laughs) Quite like that one. Caesar, love the pod, gents. Thanks for all your hard work and being here with us every week. Always tuning in. Big props from Melbourne, Australia. Alan Hicks, BJ. Bokiju, David OG again, um, Brad Stevens again, brilliant, especially the repeat visits. really appreciate them, Dave Wyatt, Steve Berry, uh, Isaac Weber, and yeah, it keeps going on and on and on, so thanks so much to everyone who's gone over to buymeacoffee.com slash we are West Ham and in over there, and Jonesy, I don't know if you've got any of these, I'm springing this on you a little bit, uh, we've mentioned it before on the pod, but the people who get in touch—I you know, don't know if you have got any on your personal accounts or whatever—but um, I, get, I get quite a few on my Instagram, personal, or through the the podcast one as well. So I just wanted to take a bit of time at the beginning of this podcast just to say, as it's the last one of the season, thanks so much because if we're having a busy week or feeling a bit, you know, just generally fed up and and wound up with with West Ham, with football, with life, whatever it may be. Uh, to get some of these messages that I do really picks me up. So Chris23 uh, got in touch. I won't read all of these out. I just uh, want to give some people some shouts out and say thanks. Blue909, Michael Wood gets in touch quite a lot. Kate Hart, uh, Mitch Broughton, Steve Hunt, uh, Kaylee Yanson gets in touch quite a bit. Philip, Elias Roach, Mark, Marky S. Uh, yeah, just brilliant stuff. Uh, from those guys there just on my personal one which i really appreciate uh jonesy have you got anyone sort of in particular i don't know if you've got the podcast account up there or any you get through uh, to your direct one
1: i mean i've just been flicking through and they're pretty much all the names that, that you just read out it's the they must uh message both of us at the same time or at different yeah. periods a lot of them i've noticed a lot of me on my personal um personal instagram to yeah, uh, and every now and then they might sort of DM me or uh, respond to a, a story that I've put up about West Ham, so yeah, pretty much everyone there. There's no one else in my list that um, you haven't already mentioned, so yeah, right. so. I've, got,
0: I've got a few more here then from the podcast Kevin Ellingson, Greg Cave, Simone Peruzzo, Robin, uh, as we know, Big King, uh, Ben King, Robin Punter, of course, Dave White, uh, Adrian Bailey, uh, Eric, Tate Comer, uh, Aaron Mead, yeah. So it's just great guys. Great Adam Leverbauer, of course, there as well. Just great people. Uh, and yeah, a lot of the time, they're all, almost all of them, almost all of them are all positive. It's all positive stuff, uh, which people don't really take the time to do these days. Uh, whenever I read messages like that. From all of you guys, it gives me a real boost and a real lift. So I just want to say special thanks to you and we really appreciate it. Jonesy. Right. I think that's enough of that. Let's get into it, shall we, and look back at what was a remarkable campaign for West Ham United, starting all the way back, if you can possibly haul your mind back that far, to last summer and after an unbeaten pre-season campaign. Of course, what did we do the first game of the season? Went and thrashed Newcastle 4-2 at St James's Park. All of that, starting with last August, next. So, as I mentioned, Jonesy, an unbeaten pre-season campaign for West Ham United saw us draw with 2 all with Dundee, beat Northampton Town away from home, embarrassingly draw 0-0 away at East London Minnows, Leighton Orient, beat Reading away 3-0, thrash Celtic at Celtic Park 6-2, edge Brentford 1-0 away at their new stadium before claiming Betway Cup glory with an impressive 2-0 at home to Atalanta. First game of the Premier League season swings around Jonesy, and we're all thinking it. Let's admit it. We're all thinking it. Unbeaten in pre season. Here we go. When there's actually points up for grabs in front of 50,000 Geordies at St. James's Park. What do we do? 4 2 to the Cockney boys fourth in the league after day one. Yes, please. Thank you very much. Aaron Cresswell, Ben Rama, Thomas Suchek and Mikhail Antonio. Season off to an absolute flyer. Callum Wilson and Jacob Murphy with their goals. Eat your heart out. What were you thinking?
1: Well, I was thinking after about a minute, two minutes, here we go again, because I think Callum Wilson scored in the first minute or two. I think it was the first the fifth,
0: Yeah. Yeah, five minutes in, Callum yeah. Wilson won you up. Here we go. And I
1: thought, yeah, here we go. Lovely. Lovely. That last season was a good one. It's going to be a flash in the pan, in it. We're going to just revert back to same old West Ham. Yeah. Um, and then it all just clicked, didn't it? Really, it it just, I think it shocked all of us. I, think, I mean, Saint James's Park has never been a great oh, place for us it, to go.
0: It nearly clicked, mate. Aaron Cresswell equalised on eighteen, but then Jacob Murphy put them. Two one up again five minutes before half time, so it was back. Yeah. to, say, here we go again.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, just I, looking back, the performance was was good all round. Um, I, I don't recall us ever really, even when they went two one up, it was almost like, "Cool, oh, they didn't really deserve that." Um, we really did come out of the blocks and kind of mm. just go right. Okay, well, Newcastle beat us in the first five minutes of the blocks, but after that, I think we were we were very good and well deserving of of beating them, and obviously. Newcastle went on and, and kind of fat, didn't fancy winning the game for about six months uh, or however long it was. And it, it kind of, it became like, a, oh, well, you know, it's no real surprise we went there and thrashed them 4-2, It is it? Because they're rubbish. Um, but yeah, good start. Good start. And it kind of set the tone, didn't it? For at least the, <laughs> yeah. the games leading up to Christmas.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Steve. Steve Steve Bruce masterclass, I think they were calling it around that time. And then uh, 4-1 at home next up against Leicester City, catapulted the mighty West Ham in front of 59,901 people at the London Stadium to first place in the league. Two games in, eight goals scored, three conceded maximum points. Here we go. West Ham are massive everywhere they go. Premier League champions, here we come. And... If I'm not correct, if I'm not incorrect, Jonesy, this was the game that you labeled the best atmosphere London Stadium has ever, ever seen.
1: At the time, at the time, and I mean, thankfully, the season the way it went, we've we've had plenty more. But I remember, I mean, it was the game that Antonio beat the Premier League record uh, for West Ham goal scoring record, Um, beat the Caneos goal scoring record, and it did that really cringy, uh celebration with the couple cut out himself and the dirty cutout, dancing man yeah, one. yeah. but again that was another one where it was like course oh, a tough first time game of the season Leicester at home they finished fifth the previous season it can be tough and then we just absolutely annihilated them absolutely I think mm. uh, Perez got sent off for them in the first half maybe which which helped it's us a little five bit five minutes for half time yeah um but we we were just we were superb and the atmosphere that because it was a night game as well yeah um, was it a Monday night, um, was just, it was good at the time. And it, at the time I was like, yeah, that's the best atmosphere I've, I've, I've witnessed in the stadium. Cause it was, <laughs> it was superb. Um, <laughs> that was classic. You just hadn't been there all summer. Maybe. Forgot. It, it, Cause there's it, no
0: way that was the best atmosphere. Well, I, ever. I mean,
1: let's have it right though. It, West Ham under the lights when we're playing well and winning is always, is always good fun anyway. Um, I hadn't been, that was my first game. Um, for about two years, I think it was, because I hadn't gone obviously throughout COVID. I didn't get uh, I, right. I didn't get the chance to go when they were doing the ballot tickets the, the previous season. Yeah. Um so that was probably my first game in well over two years. Hmm. Or almost two years. So yeah, and it probably was a little bit of that, I won't lie. Yeah. But I still I still looking back now, like I don't I don't really recall it before then. Being as good as it was, being as good as it was, I genuinely it was a really, really good night at London Stadium. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, I, 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 will, I will, I will, continue to bang that drum. Obviously, we've had yeah, better yeah. since, but I will bang that drum.
0: I just, I just like to keep you on your toes when you're going, uh, when, <laughs> when you going all gung ho with your observations. Yeah, pa- Pablo for now's put us one up. Up, uh, Saïd Barama made it two nil just 10 minutes after halftime after Perez had got sent off at the end of the first half. Can you remember what the Perez red card was for Jonesy? Was it a wild lunge? I can't yeah, really it was remember
1: a, at this stage. It was a high, it was a high boot. Um, like it was a bit of a studs into the shins tackle on four oh. nows. I think it was right. I, think it might have been four nails. I mean, I'm just trying to have a look
0: back through the little red card for Perez. Uh, uh legitimate it doesn't actually mention who it was on, but it just said uh yeah, legitimate um attempt to win the ball, but dangerous and clumsy play. Shakes his head as he leaves the pitch. Uh and then yeah, that was swiftly uh, capitalised upon, which was nice, wasn't it? Like I say, Ben Rahman making it two one. Antonio making it a proper threshing with goals on eighty and eighty four including the Dirty Dancing celebration, as you mentioned, Jonesy. And then we went on and we drew two all with Crystal Palace, didn't we, after that? And then a nil-nil draw with Southampton. The Palace one, So, so frustrating, that. And that became a little bit of a pattern, didn't it? Um, Yeah, it's just like that. Although we managed to cling on to first place in the Premier League after that, three games in, still in first, that was brilliant. And then the nil-nil draw with Southampton, at, London, at St Mary's, sorry, after that, and we, we dropped to fifth then. I remember, even though we'd had two good results, that Palace, and you sort of look back to that now and see how close we were at the end of the season to get in Europa League again, that Palace game felt like one we should have seen out.
1: Yeah, we, yeah, we led twice, didn't we? Conor Gallagher. Yeah with the two that's it um, yeah Fornell's and
0: Antonio with our goals we yeah went exactly what you just said the,
1: yeah and he scored literally straight away two minutes after Antonio made it 2-1 and didn't they do the same again for the second goal as well literally the moment sorry yeah no
0: Fornell's Four, 39 minutes and Gallagher equalised on 58 ten minutes later Antonio puts us back in front and literally two minutes after yeah. uh, Gallagher scores his second of the game
1: yeah uh, and made it 2-1 it was a frustrating one and, and yeah looking back it was like, this could be... We could have the perfect start. Here. And after we'd won the first two games as well, you look at Palace at home and go, yeah, let's have a bit of this. Like, we should... Yeah, yeah. Like, no, I don't think they... They hadn't picked up a point in their first two games. Vieira, a new manager. Um They were looking a little bit ropey and then Conor Gallagher, Gallagher rocks up and decides that he wants to be messy for a day. And um, he had a very, very good game from what I remember. But, yeah, it was frustrating. But... Regardless of how good the first two games were, almost we're just used to those really frustrating results peppered into our seasons every now and then, aren't we? So, yeah, I didn't. Even then, I didn't think, Core, cool, that's going to cost us at the end of the season." It's just
0: annoying. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh, that's going to cost us 12. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, irritating. Um. Yeah. And then the nil-nil draw at Southampton was a bit of a non-event, wasn't it? Antonio getting sent off uh, right at of the death. Absolutely ridiculous. Dropped us down to fifth. And then the Europa League campaign started in earnest with that impressive, uh, amazing, in fact, 2-0 away win at Dinamo Zagreb. Disappointed. Uh, wasn't out able to get out there, but it was all a little bit sort of chaotic, wasn't it? With the travel and the tickets and whether fans were going to be allowed in and COVID and all that sort of stuff. Uh, but yeah, brilliant win. Brilliant experience for the guys that did get out there. And we were all saying before that game, uh Declan Rice's amazing mazy run of course and Antonio knocking one in carrying on his excellent goal scoring form we were saying before that game Jonesy were we not that that's the hardest game we were going to have in the group stages mm. uh, and the relative ease with which we won it you thought happy days
1: yeah I, I remember watching it on my laptop in uh I was, down, I was down in Devon for the for for the week that that time and i Kind of sitting there, going, God, I don't really know what to expect. Zagreb are a good side; they got a bit of a European experience. Yeah, it was just a really, really like professional performance. And I know that's a bit of a cliche, but it was. Um, we were gifted the, the Antonio's goal with a mm. back pass. Obviously, he ran at the keeper, but Deccan Rice's goal was was class. And um, yeah, it it made it suddenly made us and probably a lot of other people. I think even the bookies catapulted us up the up the favourites. Um, up to second or third favourites at, at the time, made everyone go oh hang mm. on, maybe we are ready for, for this competition, maybe maybe we are good enough to, to compete at a good level in the Europa League um, and it did like just like the first two Premier League games did it kind of set the tone for the rest of the campaign didn't it, because it kind of went right, well West Ham were arrived, we're good enough mm. um, yeah. And but going there and winning away it probably was our hardest game uh, allowed us to go on and kind of walk the group in the end, I think. I think, yeah. And that's... After that, I was like, oh, okay,
0: there is an enormous gulf then. And yeah. as soon as we won that, I was like, oh, well, yeah, we'll win the group now then, surely. Because Zagreb were by far and away the better team in mm. that group. Um, and, yeah, obviously it was it was proved in with the way the rest of the group went as well, what were them qualifying as well. And, yeah, it just seemed... That wasn't very tricky. Mm -hmm. Um, And as it sort of proved beyond that, really, I know we got that draw away at Genk uh, and they looked an okay side, um, but yeah, made light work of of the two home games that mattered, didn't we? Which was good. But uh, as far as the season goes, Josie, we wrapped it up uh, September up, excuse me, with a 2-1 home defeat to Manchester United, our first of the season in all competitions, uh, six games in. 2-1 Two-one defeat dropped us down to eighth in the Prem. Said Benrahma opening the scoring after half an hour. Cristiano Ronaldo equalising with a pretty impressive goal, and then Jesse Lingard, who else? Eighty-nine minutes comes on an absolute screamer into the top corner uh, to make it two-one to Manchester United. And of course, the bit the the bit about the whole drama that the story doesn't tell you. West Ham awarded a penalty right at the death after that. Moisey decides it will be a good idea to haul. Penalty specialist, yes, but freezing cold, not warmed up, hasn't actually kicked a ball in earnest in the game and hardly at all that season. Mark Noble off the bench. Noble, in the least surprising thing ever to happen in football history, seizes penalty. (laughs) Uh, It was a save, wasn't it? The guy saved it. Yeah, and, and again, that point against Man United would have seen <laughs> would have seen us as it finished at the end of the season.
1: Uh, <laughs> would have seen us finish above them in sixth in the Europa League. Yeah, it was a weird like five minutes that because Ling Lingard comes off the bench and just knew what was going to happen. Mm. Like, oh, of course, just, yeah, yeah. Just like, everyone just looking at each other, going, "Oh yeah, we've lost this game." Then brilliant. Then we get the yeah, penalty, yeah. and then you see Martin Noble coming off, and uh, again, you just go, "Oh." What is he doing? He's gonna miss. Yeah. He's gonna miss. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it was like uh, it was like two really big things happen in the space of five minutes, which are both incredibly inevitable that people could just see it happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, It's like, oh Lingard's coming on, oh yeah, he's gonna score the winner. Oh, we've won a penalty. Oh, nobody's coming off the bench, oh he's gonna miss. Like yeah. it was just it so obvious. Just go, it was brilliant. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it was just so obvious what was gonna happen when everything kind of happened. Um, but yeah, all right. You're right. That cost us sixth place.
0: Mm. Yeah, I'd, it did. It did. But worse things have happened. Worse. That I genuinely <laughs> of course, think. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Sorry, I don't mean in life. Obviously, in life they have. I oh, just yeah. mean. I just mean generally. Uh, it, although the one thing I will say about that, which annoys me a little bit more, particularly how well he did later on in the season, Lanzini was on the pitch by then. Yeah. Lanzini, who has also got a, a supreme penalty record for West Ham. Granted, he only came on in the 88th minute to replace Said Benrahma. He was a little bit warmer uh, than Nobbs, wasn't he? Yeah, he would six minutes of uh, six minutes of running about, had not he? Um, but yeah, that is irritating. But I will say, as annoying as that seems, uh, I, I also think that we. There were, there were plenty of other games where we stuffed up this season, namely Burnley at home uh, and Brentford at home with the last minute equalised. Southampton at home defeat on Boxing Day. We'll get onto those in a little while, but it's easy to point at that United game, particularly as it was them who beat us. Um, but, Jones, we bounced back from that in emphatic fashion. Uh, that was the Sunday. And on the Wednesday, we went up to Old Trafford. Uh, played Manchester United again in the third round of the League Cup. 1-1-0 for our first victory there since 2006, the great escape with Carlos Tevez. Um, or oh, sorry, the, the 2007. So his first win up there in 15 years. Absolutely remarkable stuff.
1: Yeah. I was still in shock about that. Um, because that from what... I, I think we played well, but United were just... They had a lot of the ball, um, and it was just uh, the later the game went on, the more you just thought. I think they brought Bruno Fernandes and Ronaldo off the bench mm. when they're chasing in the last fifteen minutes, and you're like, "Oh well, uh, it's fun while it lasted, wasn't it?" Like we've they'll score at eight now, and it would be, "Oh well, that was it is what it is." But yeah, to hold out again showed how strong we 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 were, and that we that we were all season really and It showed mm. how. The fact that we'd only lost them to a last-minute goal the, the previous week, then gone to Old Trafford and one-one nil, it was like, okay, United weren't great this season, but they're still a half-decent side.
0: Mm. Um,
1: still finished sixth in the Premier League, so it was like, well, yeah, no, we're good enough to be able to compete with this lot. Um, and if we remain consistent, we will do. And this mm. is exactly what we did. So, so yeah, it was a, a very pleasing result. Um, and you kind of, you kind of felt like you get them out of the way, and then you might have a bit of a cut run on your ads.
0: Yeah. Well, oh, it's just a, what happened in the end, wasn't it? Manuel yeah. Lenzini's on nine minutes, that was. Enough for a win. Alex Kral's best game, well, I'll say best game in the West Hampshire. His only, only game, good right? game in a West <laughs> Hampshire. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, while we're on that topic, congratulations to Alex. You got married the other day. Um yeah. What do you reckon, Joe? I wonder if he'll stay.
1: <laughs> I can't imagine he will. <laughs> of course he won't.
0: Jesus, I've never known a man so unliked for apparently no real reason. I just am stunned how little opportunity he got. Especially after that, he was really good in that game at Old Trafford, wasn't he? Yeah,
1: it's, it was a bit weird that, like, even like games where we'd he'd bring him on, he'd, he'd have an option to bring on a midfielder instead of bringing on Alex he'd bring on Mark Noble. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you get Mark Noble coming off the bench in the last game of the season and the last time game of the season. But, like, you've got this geezer here on loan who's pretty much half Noble's age. Like, give him some minutes <laughs> for crying out loud. Like, yeah. like you, you've flown him all the way over here for, for nine months. <laughs> at least do him the courtesy of giving him a few minutes to, you know, kick a football. Um, and Not he, even what, playing he him he in played, training. Yeah, he's just like just sitting there, the water <laughs> boy in training, and he gets four four appearances. Uh, I, I just felt a bit sorry for him after curly, bossing
0: it in our first win at Old Trafford in fifteen
1: years. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's my curly head mate, and I wish him all the best. I'm glad he got married. I'm I'm, I'm happy that he's happy. Um, and he's I wish had him the best some the happiness this year, hasn't he? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, good luck to him. I really hope he has a, yeah. a, has a thriving career i hope his marriage is more of a success in his west ham spell <laughs> yeah
0: yeah bless him the poor bloke well, great win um up at old trafford then and i remember correct me if i'm wrong jonesy but wasn't the draw for the next round made immediately after that yeah and i just remember like the immediate buzz and just being like what the hell like immediately yeah. furious after the game Within minutes, it killed the buzz because we got drawn Man City at home. Yeah, and it was like, what is this? What absolute con? Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, that that Man City game came at the end of of the following month uh, to cap off September. Jonesy uh, with just one defeat, we beat uh, Rapid Vienna two 0 at home with relatives in the Europa League. Uh, great occasion, obviously the first. Um uh, what's it called? First Europa League group stage home game that we'd have had. So uh lots and lots of excitement uh for that one. I remember being a little bit surprised. Uh it was just over fifty thousand in there then. And I know it's a group stage, I understand all that, but I was a little bit surprised the whole stadium wasn't completely full up for that one. Um but yeah, which was a nice routine win, really, wasn't it? That that two nil.
1: Yeah, routine. Is deck and rice opening it up and uh yeah. Yeah, it did really feel quite chilled and quite relaxed. Yeah, after after the Zagreb win, as I said, people kind of just went, "Oh, yeah, this will be this will be all right. We should batter this up." You mm. uh, know, <laughs> we did I, just pretty but, much
0: walk over and not we?
1: Yeah, I, I, I seem to remember people people going, "Oh, yeah, we should win this one four five nil." And I thought, like, well, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Like, we'll we'll, <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll be the better team on the day and we'll, we'll win comfortably. Yeah. Um but we've literally only won one game in Europe. So let's not start thinking we're gonna start smacking people <laughs> up. You know, that we're just that we're still West Ham, remember. We're still yeah, West Ham United. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, and it's like, I mean we were so comfortable, we probably could have scored more. I can't remember how the game went, but it no, was Declan one Rice of our... opened it after half hour and then
0: Ben Rama's little cute little effort right at the death ninety four minutes, where he just bent it around the goalkeeper,
1: if you remember, to wrap it up. Yeah, the, the most comfortable two 0 win you'll ever see, I think. Yeah. Absolute fact, mate. Yeah, uh, brilliant start to the season. Really
0: perfect record in the Europa League. Knocked Manchester United out of the cup at Old Trafford. Uh, first win there in fifteen years, um, and only one defeat in the Premier League. Things were looking very rosy, indeed. Then we kicked October off in annoying fashion, frankly, with that defeat uh, at home to Brentwood. Like with uh, Brentwood, sorry Brentford. Um, I don't think we would have even West Ham would have lost to Brentwood. Um, but yeah, two one defeat to Brentford, a really poor performance. The first one of the season where I remember thinking that it was the first one where I was just like, yeah, God, we didn't deserve anything out of that. We were rubbish. Uh, Although the, the nature of Brentford's win was frustrating. Jared, uh, sorry, Brian and Buemo put them. One up 20 minutes in Jared Bowen equalized on 80, completely undeserved and against the run of play. Um, although we had 60% of possession that game. Uh, but then Johan Visser, it was, in the 94th minute, popping up at the back post to, to slam home and send the away fans absolutely mental. But to be honest, Jonesy, we didn't deserve anything out of that,
1: did we? No, we didn't. And it it was for the first time, it felt like, because it was the second game we'd had after, directly after the Europa League game, and it felt like, oh, maybe the whole Thursday-Sunday schedule might be a problem for us because, you know, we'd lost to United after the game. That. I hate that shout, by the way. But, I mean, after you lose your first two games at home after Europa League, and I'm going, maybe this is a problem because we had a thin squad still, um, and I generally thought maybe this could be an issue. It was the first time I thought it might be an issue. Um, I didn't really think it after the United game, but... I did think, oh, maybe well, that's what mind. I'm saying.
0: That's what annoys me. It's like we put in loads of decent This is after European games this season as well, and everyone's like, oh yeah, it's just such an easy thing, isn't it?
1: No, because that was the f- because well, that's only our second. Um, that was only a, after our second group stage game, and after hmm. both of those first two group stage games, we'd lost to United and Brentford at home. And so after that Brentford one, I thought maybe it is going to be a problem. Obviously, it wasn't because then I think after that we played uh, Tottenham after Genk beat yeah. them, played Liverpool after Genk again beat them, and then lost to City and drew with Burnley. So it wasn't a problem. But that was when I thought, oh maybe maybe it might be an issue for us these these games directly after Europe because yeah, of course because of the because of the schedule. But it turned out not to be that way. But yeah, I mean we didn't deserve to win on day. Brentford worthy winners. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, we then went to Everton,
0: where we have didn't seem to never, ever win the entire time I've been alive, and then made a bit of a habit of it uh, in recent seasons. Angelo Bonner popping up to nick a 1-0 win at Goodison. Absolutely brilliant result and got us back on track uh, with 3-0. We swept Genka side. They came to the London Stadium and both, I remember being slightly disappointed. I know there's smaller clubs and smaller competitions. Both of them have played Champions League with the last few years, but I remember being really disappointed with the rapid Vienna fans, the Genk fans, and then the Dinamo Zagreb fans when they eventually came just the, the small numbers they came in. And obviously I was sort of so eagerly anticipating these European nights over there. Uh, I think as we saw, particularly for the semi final against Frankfurt, what an occasion it can be um, when the away end is full. So I was a little bit disappointed with that, but uh, yeah, three nil win, over again, Craig Dawson, Issa Diop and Jared Bowen with the goals then. And and again, it's what what I like under Moisey Jonesy. I mean, we did have a bit of a wobble uh, in December. The Christmas period was our worst period of the season, other than a little bit of a wobbly patch at the beginning of March as well. And then the the way we ended it, of course, uh, but... The What I do like ab- about Moisey is that, especially earlier on that season, when we got a bad result, we seem to back it up almost immediately or bounce back almost immediately with a positive one. And that seems to be a bit more of a trademark of Moisey and, and his team, which West Ham would never like that before, were they?
1: Yeah, no, we we've, we've mentioned that a few times this season, haven't we? And, you know, we have a disappointing result or we play badly or, or anything like that, and it, it was never the end of the world. Whereas before no. and in seasons gone by, it always felt like, oh, here we go. Like, yeah. the wheels are, wheels are going to fall off now. Um, and, but yeah, it always felt like, well, that was a bit annoying, but it's okay because we'll bounce back at the weekend. It doesn't matter who we're playing. Um, I think we've, we've said, we've said it a few times in that. That's one of the big things that David Moyes has done to this football club and this squad, like the mentality. Um, it's just, it's all so positive, even in defeat. It's always like, yeah, like doesn't matter. Yeah, we've lost the game of football. Doesn't matter. We're, we're, we're better than that. We'll go again, mm-hmm. um, and that just rubs off on the fan base. It rubs off on everyone else. And um, yeah, I love that about him. I love that about the team. It's just that you know, it's not the end of the world if we do lose a game. Um, even when you do go lose five in a row, which we did towards the end of the season. But, but yeah, by the end, of the players are knackered.
0: Yeah, totally, mate. Totally. Well, look, I like I said, this was a, a superb run uh, at the moment of a run of five wins on the bounce. So the Everton one, I can mention a 3-0 up to Genk. Mick Antonio somehow stabs one in the, the biggest fluke of a goal I think I've ever seen uh, against Tottenham. 1-0 to beat Spurs at home, which despite, you know, regardless of the campaign, sorry, regardless of success elsewhere in other competitions and all that sort of thing, to beat Tottenham is good. In any mm. competition, at any time, home or away, in any fashion, really. Um So, and it was almost quite funny to do it so ugly. Um The yeah, and that 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 win put us fourth. Uh, Antonio was there? I can't remember. I assume there was. Was there a particularly ridiculous celebration from him that time?
1: I can't remember. He's done so know, many, isn't he. I don't think he. I, yeah. it, I mean, I know that that goal ended a bit of a drought. Like he had that little patch at the end of the season we he couldn't stop scoring and then he went on like a, a five or six game drought yeah I'm um, pretty sure that one ended it until his next one um, yeah, yeah. but but yeah I don't recall him having a having a bit of a celebration
0: no and then after that Jonesy a phenomenal phenomenal evening at London Stadium way better than Leicester at home Manchester City nil West Ham United nil at London Stadium in the League Cup an outstanding performance from the boys, Wednesday, the 27th of October. This was absolutely stunning performance, particularly from Alphonse Ariola and goal, who had a brilliant, brilliant game. Went down to penalties and lo and behold, we flipping 1-1. Absolute scenes at the end at the London Stadium there. I remember going with my mate and his little boy who I've spoken about before, I spoke about at the time, and it was magic. It was absolutely magic, mate. He was literally seven uh, and absolutely adored it. Dad was there as well. Um brilliant evening that. And you just I remember thinking around that time, especially how the season had started, I know we'd had a couple of little blips, but after beating United as well, we just beaten Tottenham and then you go to City and you think that's when honestly for me that City game it really started to feel different. And it mm. started to feel like hang on a minute, like we're last season wasn't just a fluke. There's been a mentality shift here. And we're we're not having as fans to have to hold on to an amazing like a win over Tottenham that happened three months ago to get any enjoyment out of the campaign. We're getting good results on the regular, and it's they're almost like there's no need to big them up. It's like okay, yeah, good result, excellent performance, well done, lads. But we'll do that again this week, and we can have some overall success this season, not just finish 12th and go, oh yeah, we beat Tottenham 2-0 at home. No, that was good with it in two, three months ago. It just felt like there was a real momentum shift and, and beating City as well in their own competition that they hadn't lost in for five years. I think it was, it's twenty sixteen or uh, yeah. Whenever, forgive me for getting the dates wrong there. I think it was five years. And I just thought, God, this is, this is it. United and City done. Uh, Something's happening here.
1: Yeah it did feel like after the city game i agree uh, I, I, I wasn't there i watched it uh online um I, I don't know where i watched it did you it was, it was online that was brilliant um, that one i can't remember i can't remember why I, there was a reason why i didn't go or i couldn't go yeah. but um i didn't go and uh watched it online obviously watched the shootout out as well and um yeah i couldn't believe it i was almost like oh, penalties Yeah, we we'll lose that and then for I was, what, I was, Craig, Craig Dawson's penalty was to pick of a bunch. When I mean, he steps up, everyone's like, "Oh no!" <laughs> yes, and he, he wants yeah. the top corner, wrong foots the keeper, and everything. It's like, "Yeah." <laughs> uh, and, then, and then Ben Rama finishes it off. And what the the big standout was Ariola. That Ariola that was the dame that really Ariola yeah. announced himself. Really, and mean, you know, that he he has the potential to to be a, a long term keeper for us. Mm-hmm. Um, um. So yeah. It's just incredible, just incredible to to beat City in their own competition and in their run. Yeah. And I, was, I spoke to Steve Tudor, who's a big City fan on this podcast uh, on the Upper View a few weeks ago. And he said that actually really, yeah. really hurt City fans losing that because they were quite enjoying the domination of the League Cup. Um, yeah, Really of enjoying the fact that. You know, every year they go into it and they'll go, Well, we'll have a trophy by February and then we'll see what happens after that sort of thing. It was almost like, Yeah, we'll win that <laughs> yeah. and then we'll we'll worry about all the rest of it. Um and he was like, Yeah, that really hurts City. It really it, like it, hmm. they were really upset about the fact that they they lost in that competition for the first time in five years. Which is interesting given that it's known as a competition, a bit of a Mickey Mouse competition to some big clubs and fans. Um Yeah, because they can't because they haven't won it for ages. Ridiculous. Maybe, yeah, but then City, City hated losing in it, so um, that made me feel a lot even, even, even better than I already did about the win.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, of course. Well, uh, followed that up, Jonesy,
0: with an emphatic four-one win away at Aston Villa. Uh, ben Johnson with his goal um, on after seven minutes. Ollie Watkins did equalise on thirty-four. Declan Rice made it two-one uh, before Evzry concert was sent off five minutes in the second half. Pablo Fornells. And Jared Bowen wrapped it up in the last 10 minutes for a comprehensive victory, as I mentioned there. Uh, that did us the world of good as far as the league table goes as well. The lowest we dropped by that stage of the season was eighth after that defeat to United at London Stadium. But we'd clambered back up to the fourth by this stage. Uh, drew, two all away to Genk. And that was my first European away game of the season. And I absolutely loved it. It was absolutely been really, really disappointed with the result, as in not to get the win. But weirdly, it didn't feel like it at the time. I was just absolutely loving the journey after the, the good results we'd already got. Uh, a point was a pretty reasonable result. Uh, that was, of course, the game most now infamous for uh, the fellow who lost his finger celebrating. The goal, but it carried on our run. Uh, we went back, like you mentioned there, Jonesy. Went back to London, welcomed Liverpool to the London Stadium, and beat them three two in front of sixty thousand to go third. A fantastic, fantastic win, uh, and that made us by that stage. I think we were unbeaten in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven games unbeaten in all competitions at that stage. Including including games against Liverpool and Man City.
1: Uh, do you remember much about the Liverpool game, mate? Um, yeah, it was uh, four nows on, on the break, Bowen on the break. So to That's the run, goal Zoom, we remember, Zoom, yeah. Zoom, we got the winner. Uh, yeah. And it was just that, I mean, that the atmosphere that, that day was better than the Leicester game. I'll put that one out there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and at the time, it, 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 obviously it was a big result, and at the time it felt like a big result. But actually, when you look back at the season that Liverpool ended up having, I think they lost three games all season in all competitions. Um, and yeah. one of those was the Champions League final against Real Madrid, which they probably shouldn't have lost. Um, and one is, was against us. Didn't Shame they, Milan, they did, isn't it? Didn't it? Um, oh, yeah, terrible. Um, <laughs> but the fact that we are one of three teams to have beaten, it might be one of four, one of three or four teams to have beaten Liverpool, in 60-odd games, I think, they played. Um, and one of those being Real Madrid is actually, you look back now and go, mm. that was a massive, massive result for West Ham. Um, superb. like It was just a, a, another great performance directly after Europe. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I, I, as I said right at the beginning of the podcast, some so there, were, there were some moments where you just don't have words to describe how good or how happy you were at the time. It's yeah. It's all like, this is this is a bit surreal. This is well, we're not yeah. used to this, and that was one of them for me. It was like, what on earth are we doing here? Like, because yeah. we'd, we'd only lost two of our first seventeen games in all competitions at the beginning yeah. of the season, and you're like, hang on, well, what are we going to do? <laughs> what is it? happening? Where, where are we going? <laughs> this is yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, and that that kind of like the city one kind of made you think, well, hang on, like this could become a little bit ridiculous on West Ham's. Hmm. West Ham's behalf because like this isn't what we do. It's not what we're not what we used to.
0: I vaguely remember because so it was the the first goal was counted as an Allison own goal. It certainly is on the thing I'm looking at. Really, I can't really remember what happened there or why that counted, didn't I, as an I, I remember own now. Goal. Can you?
1: I remember now. Four hours took the corner. It was right where we were in the corner. and He took the corner and yeah. he kind of we thought he'd gone directly in. We thought we'd, he'd scored directly from the corner. Yeah. But um, I think Dawson or Zuma went to head it at the near post. It might have been Suchik. Um yeah. Went to head it at the near post and kind of jumped in front of Allison, And Allison yeah. flapped it because um, he's a footballer and yeah. not a goalkeeper. And he flapped yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. And I, I remember questioning it. I remember questioning no, it going, Alisson's not, not the best goalkeeper in the world. I mean, best goalkeepers in the world don't do that. They don't. No. Um, and I got absolutely ridiculous amount of abuse and Liverpool fans on Twitter, which is a good laugh. Um, yeah, that's
0: a, that's a surprise to hear.
1: Yeah, yeah, superb. Yeah. But yeah, I, mem- but I do remember, you
0: remember like, Trent Alexander Arnold equalized uh, five minutes before half time. Uh, I was a fr- I'm I think I'm remembering this right. A free kick? Yeah. Was it a free kick on the edge of the box? And I seem to remember, and again it would sort of go um along the usual sort of line. Was it an absolute scandalous free kick award, was it Mo Salah? Uh, he dived, he just I think, flopping to the ground. Yeah, yeah, he died. getting given yeah. you absolutely like no surprise whatsoever. Obviously, uh, Fornalsen makes it two one. Zuma <laughs> makes it three uh, one. And I remember Karigi scored an absolutely blinding goal, like a half volley on the spin, wasn't it? Yeah, on eighty three minutes to make it three two and make it a bit nervy. But I remember thinking. Once we'd won the game, that consolation goal for Liverpool, if that was like a winner, that would be on the Premier League highlights reel all season long because it was an absolute screamer because they lost their roles just like Absolutely not bothered. Um, but yeah, yeah, great run uh, for West Ham. Brilliant, memorable performance. Uh, just a, yet another game that was uh, better than the, the Leicester atmosphere. For Jonesy, followed that up. Typical West Ham fashion, 1-0 defeat. At Molyneux to Wolves, uh, we were still third after that, which wasn't the end of the world. Then, of course, we went away to Rapid Vienna in that behind closed doors. Football match and 1-2-0. We had the complete and utter... Um, well, the chaos, really. First of all, Jonesy, wasn't it that away fans were banned after um, several, a large amount, I think. I can't remember if it was hundreds, so I didn't want to misuse that word misguidedly. But um, after a large amount of West Ham fans uh, charged the turnstiles away at Genk, uh, which was disappointing, of course, and threatened to ruin it for, well, it did ruin it um, for loads of other fans. Uh, UEFA deciding to hand down that punishment for the very next game rather than suspending it and not tucking up fans who'd, who'd already paid for travel and accommodation to Vienna. Um, we were two of those people, Jonesy. Uh, then the away fan ban kicked in, which we were extremely disappointed about, having booked flights and hotels. Uh, and then Austria decided to go into a complete COVID lockdown, which not only meant um, that we couldn't go to the game anymore we also couldn't even go and have our little romantic weekend in vienna which we were just going to do anyway having booked the flights in the hotel originally a bit of a i don't know i sort of look back at it now i don't really know i'm laughing because it was really annoying at the time um and i mean yeah just frustrating on that wasn't it
1: yeah it was frustrating because i mean i was because I, I didn't go to genk or zagreb so i was absolutely buzzing for it i was like it's really, really important to getting out there and, and experiencing a bit of an away day, a European European away day, and it kind of it all just got pulled away from me. And I was like, "No, like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, this is my opportunity." <laughs> um, so yeah, I had to wait all the way until Leon for for for, for my only one of the season in the end. But um, well, worth we'll the wait, by the way. Um, but yeah, mm. uh, just just frustrating. Obviously, we did and win the game. Comfortably, another really comfortable two 0 win. Um, but yeah, it'd be nice to be there, wouldn't it? It'd be really nice. Yeah, absolutely, mate. But
0: uh, yeah, it wasn't to be. But the boys went over there and done the job, regardless. Without surprisingly, without the support of uh, of me and Jonesy, and then we came back to England and the Premier League uh, with a little bit of a bump. Two one defeat away at Manchester City. Absolutely no shame in that whatsoever. Josie, correct me if I'm wrong, but it just, that that was another, uh or was it another? I was going to say, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, of course it was. Yeah, to uh, it was a late goal uh, from Manuel Lanzini, wasn't it? A late consolation, which was another absolute screamer of a consolation, by the way. uh But Ilkay Gundogan scoring for City after 33 minutes. Fernandinho wrapping it up on 19, Lanzini getting the consolation when it was far too late. No shame really in that. Um, and that wrapped up November. What a run we were on at that stage of the season. The defeat at the had still left us fourth in the Premier League, going into the busy Christmas period, starting on Wednesday, the 1st of December, uh, at home to Brighton and Hove Albion. There's not really much suspense, me leaving you, hanging on that one into the next section, because of course we know what happened. It was Brighton and Hove Albion. So we drew one all. But stay with us for December, January and February. Next. Unfortunately, that was the last win for the Hammers for quite some time um, until the 28th of December. And that win at Vicarage Road, the 4-1 against Watford. But, Josie, we have to. Obviously, we'll we'll get through December fairly quickly if we can. Because it was a bit of a grim month, but the 3 2 against Chelsea. Lanzini, uh, Tiago Silva, sorry, opening the score. Remember Lanzini's penalty, making it 1 all. Mason Mounts, phenomenal volley um, on 44 minutes, giving Chelsea a 2 1 half time lead. Jared Bowen of oh, 56 before King Arthur Masiwaku, possibly his, his last finest moment for West Ham. Um, de- definitely, deliberately. Smashed one in from basically the throw in line uh to beat uh eduard Mendy at his near post A brilliant win um I wasn't at that game unfortunately, but
1: thoroughly deserved, no doubt um yeah, I was there um it, I think it was deserved. I don't think many people left that ground going and call Weststan were lucky there. Even Chelsea fans, I think, even you know, though the fluky nature of the goal, yeah, yeah, but even then, looking back, I think we we'd, we'd had a, we'd had enough chances to score before then. Um, I think we were well worthy the three points at the same time, if they ended two all. No one would have complained either. I think it was one of those games where, no. um, whoever won that game probably would have been that people would have gone, yeah, fair enough. Uh, it was just one of those mm. games. It was a re- from looking back. It was a relatively even game of football. Um but we'd done enough to, to win it. Uh and we just happened to win it by one of the flukiest goals you'll ever see. So yeah, I think it was it. was a nice three points and a love beating Chelsea. Absolutely love it. So that was a good day.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's sort of like I say, we we basically got the full set this season, didn't we, of of big teams. I was going to include or um, say apart from Arsenal, but whether or not we can include them as a big team or not, I'm not so sure. Um, so, yeah, then it was the Dinamo Zagreb final group game of the Europa League. Dead rubber by then. We'd already won the group, played all the kids, and they, they put in a, a good showing. to be quite honest. Uh, we were beaten 1-0 by a phenomenal goal. Um, but then, yeah, the group was already wrapped up by then. This is the next one, Jones, was pretty disappointing. 0-0 um, away to Burnley, and I went up for that one, freezing, freezing cold, Um, long old drive that was, uh, yeah, 18,000 fans and a proper attritional game, uh, really dull, kept us fourth in the league though, then I went after that actually, yeah, Arsenal away it was then, 2-0 defeat at the Emirates, went and sat in the home end with a colleague of mine from work, Dan Cutts of course, who has been on the who's been on the podcast several times with the Arsenal opposition view, sat next to him and he was insufferable uh, as we won, t- uh, sorry, as we lost 2-0, albeit in some uh, fairly comfortable surroundings, which was enjoyable. And then, yeah, this was right in the middle, James, with a cold, grim, disappointing December. After that defeat at Arsenal, me and you went together, didn't we, to the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium to watch us lose 2-1 in the League Cup quarterfinal. What, what do you remember of, of that game, really, mate? Other than uh, doing the least conspicuous, or uh, the incon—I always get these confused—the least conspicuous uh, celebration ever, despite us sitting in the home end uh, when Jared Bowen got the equaliser.
1: I remember it being an incredible, diff- incredibly difficult ninety minutes. Um, only twice have I ever gone to a game and sat in the in the home end, and both have been Spurs, and both times we've lost. Um, <laughs> and, you should tell me and, that before. Yeah, sorry. Um, But like, it was just difficult. Was just bowing scores, and I was wearing a turtleneck, so I had a turtleneck. I over my mouth as if it was a mask to to. You put muffle, your head to,
0: between your legs.
1: <laughs> yeah, to to muffle the screaming and then head between the legs. I think I squeezed your knee, and I was just like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god! Like, I can't believe it. Um, yeah, you might as well have stood up and cheered, mate. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I put my head between my legs as I thought, it looked like I'm just really, really annoyed. Um, yeah, like trust you know, me, bit... I was
0: sitting next to you, it didn't.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, well, there you go. I mean, I tried, I tried. But yeah, yeah. yeah I just remember it being quite annoying. Um, just like, I and mean, then you hear all like Spurs fans having a little dig at West Ham behind Joe. I, 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 I remember a bloke behind us. He was saying some very, very strange things about West Ham. Um, he started, I think I think Ben Johnson had a bit of a go with with a, with a player, but he thought ben, jo- ben Johnson was Mikel Antonio. And he was just like, oh, go on, go on. It's only, it's only Mikel Antonio, deck him. And I'm like, Antonio, what are you talking about? something on the pitch? It's like, just like yeah. some really odd... And
0: not only that. When do you ever see anyone deck anyone in football?
1: Yeah, it's like, go on decking. it was only McAntonio, and in my head I was like, wait, what? What are you talking about? It's not even him. And why would you want someone to punch another bloke on, t- <laughs> yeah. on the pitch? Like, but yeah, just little things like that, and yeah. um, after a few beers, I get, I get quite irate about those little things, and I have to really bite my tongue, um, <laughs> even more so when you're sitting amongst them. Um, so yeah, that was yeah. frustrating. But it was a good performance, I thought. I thought we were two sloppy goals to concede from memory. I thought we were okay. Um and it was it, it wasn't a bad performance, I thought, you know. Ashby again, played well, didn't he? Ashby did play well. Um hmm. so yeah. It's, I mean, it's just one of those games, and it kind of half expected us to lose that game anyway. Um hmm. but yeah, I thought we we played well it was a good cut run.
0: Yeah, it was a brilliant cup run, mate. Yeah, some excellent, like beating United and City and then narrowly going out to Tottenham. We can be more than proud of our League Cup campaign this season for sure. Uh, Straight after that, Jonesy Boxing Day defeat to Southampton, three to at home. Another just frustrating one where I feel like we really left points behind. Uh, We finally got back to winning ways, though, Uh, after a run of five games without a win albeit one of those was the dead rubber Europa League game at home to Dinamo Zagreb. Then Watford thrashed them 4-1 at Vicarage Road. Another easy, I well, it wasn't easy at all really, London away victory 3-2 at Crystal Palace before Leeds came to town in the third round. The FA Cup made light work of them as well, brought 9,000 or so away fans, which made for a, a great atmosphere. On a, uh, a chilly January afternoon, 2 0 against Leeds, and made equally light work of Norwich the following Wednesday in the Prem to win 2 0 and stay fourth. Uh, and then, Jonesy, Leeds come to town in the league. Um, and you're just like, oh, and then we lose 3 2 to them. Looking back at these now, you, you just, there's so many points sort of left left out there, wasn't there? And and with how close we were to United in the end to securing that Europa League spot against, you know, Burnley, Southampton, losing to Leeds, losing to Brentford. I know that, you know, these, these teams are okay teams, but particularly at home, you sort of do feel that lets down somewhat, don't you?
1: Yeah, it did. It did. It, it was a bit of a pattern in the end that even though we were we were relatively consistent throughout the season, going into a home game, it always felt like we were vulnerable of of, of stepping up. doesn't matter who we played. And you look back now, when, when you you look at you, we've beaten Spurs at home in the league, we've beaten Liverpool, we've beaten Chelsea, but then struggled, we failed to beat Leeds, Southampton at this stage, Brentford. And, um, and it's kind of almost typical West Ham in a way because that's what we've always done. We've always stepped up against the bigger teams and then not really shown up or well, not mm. shown up enough against the smaller teams. And it it, it was almost it, those results kind of almost were a, were a, just a, a little subtle reminder that yeah, okay, West Ham are good this year, but you're still West Ham. Chill out. Yeah, 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 so. yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Totally, mate. Totally. Um, that was followed up. By a one-nil league defeat at Old Trafford as well, which meant we dropped to fifth. And then, Jonesy, after that, fifth of February, Kidderminster Harriers <laughs> away in the uh, in the FA Cup fourth round. Uh, after beating Leeds to secure our spot there, me and you met up. We haven't done it. Uh, we just, we watched surprisingly few games together, don't we? We had, of course, watched that Spurs one earlier in the season. Me and you met up in London Bridge in uh, Redwood Sports Bar, if anyone knows it. Went in there for uh, a few beers, thought we'd have make a bit of a day of it. The 12.30 kickoff. England were playing in the rugby later on that day. Uh, and in front of a bumper 5,327 crowd, West Ham were mere seconds away from being on the wrong end of one of the biggest FA Cup upsets of all time. I mean... Jonesy Blimey. That well, I remember, and it was one of the best performing tweets I've ever put out. Uh, and I remember tweeting, you know, I was embarrassed about how much I've just celebrated last-minute equalizer against Kidderminster Harriers. Oh, Alex Penny had put them one new up. Deccan Rice is going in the 91st minute, and then Jared Bowen getting the win to break their hearts on 121. Obviously, I was glad we went through, but uh yeah, I mean, the, the second we have just refused
1: to celebrate the winner, didn't we? Because
0: football was the loser that day.
1: Yeah, I it haven't been many goals over the years that I've, I haven't celebrated for West Ham, but that's certainly one of them where I've just gone. It was relief more than anything, but <laughs> but we're pe- peppered with a bit of embarrassment as well because there were mm. there were fans of other clubs in that in that pub. Who were also going like, like you could hear them like like le- laughing loudly at the fact that West Ham yeah, was struggling yeah, yeah, with yeah. Killer Minister, and it was like, This is incredibly embarrassing, we might have to go home. Mm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, but yeah, it was relief, embarrassment. Um, didn't celebrate the winner. Um, thankfully we did win. Um, but again, at the same time, not even that surprising, like I said before there were just subtle reminders throughout the season. that, like, yeah, you're still West Ham. You're still West Ham. Don't worry about it. Like, yeah, you're good, but these little things will happen to you. Yeah, and uh, yeah. that was and definitely then, one of them.
0: Correct me if I'm wrong, Jonesy. Yeah. And then England went on and lost the rugby later, didn't they?
1: Yeah, they lost the rugby. It was a rubbish day for sport. <laughs> it's a rubbish really day. Sport. We'd have
0: a nice little day out on the beers. Yeah.
1: 5th of, <laughs> 5th of February, 2022, will go down in history as one of the worst days of sport ever.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolute fact, mate. Absolute fact. Well, it was nice to get together and uh, and watch a game together. Yeah, massive kudos to Kidderminster for that. We bounced back. with are one nil win at home to Watford in the Premier League to keep us fourth. Drew two all away at Leicester before a one all draw with Newcastle at London Stadium. Um, Joe, correct me if I'm wrong. Nineteenth of February that was. It was Eddie Howe? in charge of Newcastle by then or did they still have the Bruce Meister?
1: Yeah, he was because he they they'd had the they bought big in January, didn't they? I think he came in November, December right. time. Of course,
0: of course. So yeah, by yeah, by
1: this point they were they the new players had come in. Um I think Trippier at this point had already got injured. he, he played started started his career yeah. there quite well, scored a couple of goals and then got injured. But um they were beginning to show signs that things were beginning to improve for them. Yeah. Um, so the one all draw, although slightly disappointing, probably wasn't that surprising because they had a bit of bit, bit of momentum behind them.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, and then off the back of that, it was a one nil win
0: at home to Wolves. And I remember, and that's one thing, Josie, just to turn it into a bit of a positive, I know we've mentioned some of the, the games that are annoying and where we feel like we left points on the floor. I also felt this season, we there were several games where we were, Potentially expected to to trip up. And I'm particularly talking about the Aston Villa at home game. Uh, This one, the Wolves were on a good run then. They were in and around where we were in the table. It was expected to be a pretty tricky one. Off the back of two slightly niggly annoying draws against Leicester and Newcastle. And then we beat Wolves 1-0 on the 27th of February to keep us fifth. Put a bit of distance between us and them. Uh, which was brilliant. We weren't playing great football at the time and that was our one win um in yeah, it was our one win in six that was. So the two draws and then we went on to to lose three after that. But there were a few games this year, mate, where I sort of thought perhaps we didn't play our best and the shift in mentality perhaps dragged us through and got us some points.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think I think there were games like it's, it's all, that. That was the frustrating thing about the season is that there were times when you go into a game, you know, we will win this one, and we didn't. And then there were games where you're like, "Oh, this could be a bit of a bit of a, uh, bit of a dodgy one for us," and then we'd win it comfortably. So, mm. although it's, it's difficult to explain, because although there was up to this point in the season, I think after this it began to go a bit downhill in the league, at least. Um, there were, there were times when it was like, "Yeah, we are consistent, but we're not consistent enough." If you know what I mean, There were there were dropped points in amongst unbeaten runs. Like there was draws and and but then we'd go and beat Wolves. And I, I agree with you about the Wolves one. I was worried about that game because they were in a bit of form. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, I completely agree. It was, there were wins like that where you thought, yeah, you know, there's there's still something about this team that can that can drag us through. Mm.
0: Yeah, totally, mate, totally. Um, then crashed out the FA Cup. Then three-one defeat. At Southampton at St Mary's. And you felt then it was just like we were tiring a bit, weren't we, by this stage? Uh lots of games to contend with and it just sort of it was it was it was grating. It wasn't a great period for us. And and you know what? It was like, well, it doesn't matter. We've got we're in the Europa League last sixteen against Seville. We, you know, what what occasion that'll be. We did really well in the League Cup um with the kid of Insta you sort of thought oh, away to a fellow Premier League team going out. It's not the end of the world. That is how it transpired. Obviously, would have loved to have carried on. Uh, but a 3-1 defeat there before a 1-0 defeat at Anfield in the Premier League. Uh, George, can you that Anfield game? Uh, I, I, again, I'm, I'm pretty bad at doing this sort of thing. I tend to just like erase things from my mind. Uh, but Sadio Mane scored just before the half-hour mark. And I'll be honest, you know, especially when we don't play well, I I, I can't really
1: remember the game. Well, that that game, I only watched a bits of it because I was building a wardrobe at the same time. I remember it well. Not uh, a shed. The no, it was a wardrobe this time. Um, right. I had it on. I had it on, on my phone on Sky Sky Go, propped up in the bedroom, and I was watching it. And I remember hmm. uh, Bowen limped off injured. I think he did. Um but I, I wasn't, I was kind of watching it, but I wasn't because I was building a wardrobe. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll both erase that from our memories, I think.
0: Yeah, 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 just, it's almost like it never happened, even though, yeah. annoyingly, it did. Um The straight off the back of that, mate, away to Seville, and, oh God, what an occasion that was. What an occasion. I proper milked that one. Did a Tuesday to Saturday, out there with my dad, uh, and, and, Honestly, weirdly, mate. I know we lost one nil, but it was just phenomenal. It was a proper the, the Genk game was good. It was really good, but it felt it felt minnowy, if that makes sense. But we were coming up against an absolute European giant who had some outstanding players. They love the competition as well. Uh, the Seville fans have won it, you know, really uh, successful track record in the competition. Being there, the city is amazing. You know, I can't wait to go back there one day. Wish we could have gone back for the final, but flipping my finances are certainly glad that I didn't, mate, that's for sure. But um yeah, that was it was brilliant. And seeing us that was the proper a proper European occasion that was. The West Ham fans were great, so were the Seville fans. City was brilliant, place was great. And I thought one nil, I honestly thought we were good enough to win or at least draw the game. But you felt afterwards there was such a feeling of positivity going back to the London Stadium because you thought, well, we're not out of it, and because of that, the the build up and anticipation among West Ham fans was like tangible, wasn't it? You could feel it, and then the way it manifested itself for mm. that home game was just, uh, I mean, mate, uh, that that was almost as good as Leicester at home. That was.
1: <laughs> well, after after the, the second leg, the, the home leg, I that I mean, still to this day is probably the best atmosphere I've experienced there. Um, and you're right. After that first leg, yeah, we came, we lost one 0 Probably should have come away with with a draw, maybe even a win. But you just knew, and being around that stadium before the second leg. You just knew you weren't gonna lose that game. There was absolutely no way on that day were West Ham gonna lose that game of football. It just felt yeah. right from the very beginning. Woke up like just everything. It just felt like there was no way Sevilla were gonna gonna go through. Everything was gonna gonna work its work its way out, and obviously it did. Um so yeah, just an incredible time. So it was good not to get out of Seville. Um but yeah. Kind of again, you knock out six-time winners, uh Seville, and much like it was when we we're on a bit of a run in the Premier League going on the season, you're like, "Hang on, is this is are we about to witness something pretty special here? Like, we've already seen that. Mm. Is, are we going to witness something special? And obviously, the best was still to come, but um and just an incredible result, just an incredible result, and for able to get the winner as well was was extra special.
0: Yeah, I mean, God, yeah, that that there's just nothing like it, mate. That was just yeah. absolutely magic. And, you know, all the fans coming together. Um, yeah, just just got the team over the line. Fantastic stuff. Went to Tottenham uh, in the Premier League the following Sunday, mate. Lost 3-1. And there was a clear, I don't care what anyone says, and I know I was sort of giving you a bit of a ribbon about it earlier. There was a clear, a clear emotional hangover, wasn't there, mm. from that. Like, yeah. quite, honest, quite honestly, again, I'm not. I'm not sort of uh, going back into what we spoke about earlier. But there was a clear, just the high of that Sunday was so huge that it was almost impossible for the players to get up for such a another big game. Of course, it's a big game, and and you know we were fifth in the Premier League going into that, uh, and we had a chance to to push on and keep pressure on that top four. Tottenham were sort of on the on the way back towards that at the time as well. But yeah, I mean, they did play fairly well, Tottenham, but there was a clear emotional hangover for that one. So that was fine. Uh, And then the 2-1 win, that sort of took us into March, um, which by the way, seems like a good time to have a break. So stay with us, April and the end of the season in May next. As I was saying, Jonesy, uh, Everton at the London stadium came to town. They were struggling, not having a good time of it. Uh, A two, one victory, sort of a nice bounce back from that Tottenham thing, moved us from seventh to fifth. Um, And you sort of, you felt it was going into that Leon home game in the London stadium. Uh, Everton, again, we we know how they finished the season. They still hadn't started that comeback yet then, had they? Mm Yeah. but then it was all about, and all the focus by then, especially after Seville, we got drawn against Leon. All of the focus then was just on the Europa League, really, wasn't it? Obviously, we were still doing okay in the league, but all the fans were just like, "No, nope, Europa League's what matters." Like, you know, let's beat um, Leon if we can, and then of course the one-all draw at London Stadium. Uh, I don't know, mate. Where do you, where do you start, really? Um, with that one i mean it was it was frustrating wasn't it with the obviously you had the the red card um from aaron cresswell 48 minutes in foolish probably uh, i don't know about food i just think inexperienced uh and then jared bowen against all the odds uh puts us one nil up and you think hang on a minute what's going on here Tango and Dumbelle, former Tottenham man, of course, equalises for Leon, and in the end we limped out. And you thought, well, the way that went to get out of that with a draw is okay. Um, just sort of brief recap on that, then, mate, and how you, how you felt and what you thought of, particularly the crest, crest of two almost identical ones.
1: Yeah, the so I wasn't there, but. Um... The red card still to this day. Um,
0: of course, you weren't. I forgot about
1: that. Yeah, I was in Dubai, but um, so I, I had the, the the luxury of being able to see the the replays for the red card in particular straight afterwards, and there was obviously checking the AR and all the rest of it. Um, then uh, running away from goal. I don't care what anyone says. He's running away from goal. Um, and if he if he still gets to the ball. Decides to then kind of change his angle and run towards the goal. By then, you know Creswell's probably recovered a little bit, and you know someone else has come to cover Creswell. So for me, the fact that he's run away from goal is not a goal-scoring opportunity. But for whatever reason, the referee decided it was it was a red card. Um, and obviously, it was revealed during the game that he was the one that got done for match fixing and bribery. Um, in mm. Germany, I think it was, and so there was loads of accusations. You know, I mean, how can he be allowed the referee Europa League game? Which I agree with, to be fair. If you get, if you, if you, if you get found guilty of match fixing and bribery, yeah. I am not, not saying that he that he, that was why he made that call, but then it shouldn't be. Oh, we will give you a no, fine and a, a, a three match ban. It should be you are not allowed to manage at any level of football ever again. Um, and somehow he's managed to. Yeah, I do genuinely him. think the two are completely unrelated. Of course, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, after all of that, he's he's then refereeing a, a Europa League quarter final, and then giving a, a really really controversial red card. But it didn't matter in the end, mate. It didn't matter. It was a frustrating game. The red card was very frustrating, but over the course of the two games, mate, um, it didn't matter at all, did it?
0: But as you mentioned there, Jonesy, what a way to bounce back. Um, it's just nothing like it. We did go to the, we did go to Brentford and lose 2-0 in the middle of it, which sort of scuppered our league position in a bit and dropped us to sixth. But, oh, God, that, that, oh, it's just the best game <laughs> ever. The best game ever. I don't um, know, mate. Uh, the feelings that that brings up in me still, magic. And all of those years supporting my Sam, you know, the podcast, the podcasts around those were really emotional for both of us, weren't they? yeah But just that, yeah, 3 0 away at Leon. I mean, I don't know, mate. Th- 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 just, it was the best.
1: Three nil away at Leon to get get into a European semi-final for the first time in what was it forty-six years or something like that? Yeah. And all of that, plus the fact that, you know, we dominated and before beforehand we were I uh, we said on the podcast that, you know, really worried about the game, I don't think we're gonna do it. I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. All of that, the result, the goals, the performance, um, the waiting behind afterwards for, for what was it, two hours and the players coming out and Moyes coming out and clapping us and singing songs of us. Yeah. So then, you know, the fact it's Leon, the fact we're in the Euro- European semi-final first in 46 years, all of that bottled up. I can't remember how many times I cried, mate, but I cried a lot ah, because yeah. I, it was just like, like to be there and witness it, I still feel incredibly lucky to have been able to be there and, and see it in the flesh and see it, Play out in front of us in the way that it did, and um, like I said earlier, there's some things that happened during the season where it's very, very difficult to really find the words to accurately describe what you were feeling, what mm. it, you know, everything. And this is the one that I still now I struggle. People come up to you and go, yeah. "Oh, Leon looked good." No, 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 no. It wasn't just good; like it was that like, I can't tell you yeah. who it was. Oh, yeah, yeah, we looked yeah, yeah. on TV. No, no, no. Don't forget the TV. <laughs> Don't, don't worry about it. the TV. You, you will never <laughs> yeah. understand how good it was. Um, and yeah. I've never been involved in limbs like it when Declan Rice shot shirt at the back of the net.
0: Oh, um, mate. That was the nah. one. That was. Yeah. Just, the third one was too overwhelming.
1: Yeah. The second one, because it was the cushion goal, it's right. We've got two, two, two goal cushion. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like, yeah. All yeah. over the shop. Um, And I don't <laughs> I don't think I'll ever separate a goal like that ever again, to be fair. <laughs> nah. Nah. I- I had the
0: best time, mate. I just thought, you know, going out there with you as well was brilliant. City was good. Just met your brother, of course, out there as well. My dad and who was with us. These are just, yeah, I never, that, honestly, mate, and I think, you know, to get about as deep as it gets, really, it's like I think you get one shot on this planet. And, you know, if if we're in a position when we're older to look back on our lives, that'll be up there with the top five things I reminisce to people about. Mm. And that was, you know, a day and a couple of days well lived because that you can't, you can't replicate that mate. It was just everything about it was just perfect. Phenomenal, phenomenal. And that is really the essence, you know, I think of those who don't like football. I understand their lives are on a far more even and emotionally stable keel, but, I wouldn't. I don't think yeah, I wouldn't swap stability for that. Just all those years of like just yeah. average, excuse me, average rubbish rubbishness to see us smash uh, like an established European team away from over 3-0. It was just brilliant, mate. Absolute perfection. I loved it. And that was the total pinnacle of the season for me. In fact, probably the pinnacle of, uh, of my life supporting West Ham United. Absolutely loved it. Unfortunately, though, mate, It all went a bit pear-shaped after that. Little did we know that we would only win one more game of football for the rest of the campaign, uh, despite the fact that we had about eight left to go. I think it was. uh, One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah. Yeah. Eight games of football left. Um, Had someone told us at the time that we'd only win once more. From there, one all against Burnley at the London Stadium. A frustrating one that. Indeed, a one-nil defeat away to Chelsea, also frustrating fashion. Um, before the Europa League semi-final, Eintracht Frankfurt come to town, bring a really impressive horde of a uh, created a fantastic occasion. And then, <laughs> uh, what do you know? They sort of all came crashing down within mere seconds, really, wasn't it? Uh, Angstar Angstar Nauf I think the goal scorer's name was a minute in, totally killed what was a, a bouncing, buzzy London Stadium atmosphere I don't really think you can blame fans for that Um, but it did just really really kill the game didn't it, Mikhail Antoni obviously got us back in it uh, and the atmosphere picked up again then but it wasn't the same as what it was before uh, and then Daichi Kamada scoring for Eintracht 10 minutes into the second half. Um, and it all, I don't know. It just felt, it. nothing really ever felt right in that, that game, nor did it for the second leg, which Moisey alluded to after we eventually went out in Germany. But it just felt like that first, that that goal, the first, the early goal set the tone for the whole first leg. And we never really got our heads back in it, did we? Players or fans. Mm. Um, and then obviously the, we we'll, can we'll move on to the second one like briefly with the red card obviously stuffing that one up as well um, but yeah just, I don't know it was like, oh hang on a minute this isn't how it's supposed to go this is supposed to be our fairy tale not theirs
1: yeah it, it did I mean it did just completely kill it, it was a sucker punch really so early on it just took, took the wind the wind out of the entire occasion, I think. You know, I mean, I remember I think I was looking at my phone at the time. I, I didn't realise the game had kicked off. I was looking <laughs> at my phone, and then next thing you know, you hear like the roar on the left to my left, and look up and just like, oh we're, we're one nil down already? I didn't even know the game had kicked <laughs> off. Um but then you're annoyed, and I'm pretty sure I weren't the only one that, that happened to as well. And then suddenly you're like, Oh well, I was about to start seeing bubbles, but I can't bother now, one-nil down. Um so yeah, it just just yeah, it just killed it a little bit. But I think on the night, though, two very even teams. Two very, very even teams. Mm. Maybe over the tyres, uh, mate. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, had had we... I think Jared Baron at the bar, I think at the bar, mm. he had a kick in the first leg right at the end. and Had he got, had that gone in and we'd taken a 2-2 two, uh, two, two into the second leg, no one would have been like, oh, West Ham i like it still be in this. Um, yeah. Still very, 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 very even teams over the two legs. Um, but Frankfurt dealt with it, dealt with the occasion a little bit better than we did um, yeah. over, over, over both legs really. But um, I thought, I just thought, yeah, I can't, I don't have any complaints about it. Obviously other than the, the red card and the second, second leg, which that's just stupidity really. But, um, mm. yeah, just, I look back at it now, just feel, just feel quite, obviously delighted that we got all that way. And, you know, didn't disgrace ourselves in, you know got all the way to semi final from and, it, and you know could could have done it. Uh, I still think that had had he not been sent off in that second leg, we may have had a, a way back into it one way or another. We may have mm, definitely. grown into it a little bit and put Frankfurt under a bit of pressure because we did enjoy some spells of possession before that before that red card. We were we were, mm. we were beginning to grow into it a little bit, um, but yeah, I still got to be proud of. What we did and how, where we got to and how close we got to. So proud, th- mate. The the killer for me though. I watched. I watched the first half of the final. i Couldn't watch the whole thing. Um, first half of the final. Went. Oh my god. Like, we would have beaten Rangers. I am convinced of it. It was one of the worst <laughs> forty five minutes of a European Cup final I've ever watched in my life. The Champions League final were not much better. To be fair, um. Oh, just like we, we, if we no like we would have beaten Rangers, I'm convinced of it because they were rubbish. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's like oh, for crying out loud. Why did why didn't we just get there? Because we would be Europa League champions. I'm I'm convinced of it. <laughs> like, but yeah. we got to where we got to. I mean, we need to be proud yeah. of that. We need to think that you now. Two years ago, we were in a relegation battle. Um, now we're you you know you were Europa League semi finalists and yeah. two top seven finishes in the Premier League got To be proud of it, can't look back in anger.
0: Absolutely no chance, mate. It was the most magical, amazing journey ever, and I still get emotional now. And a couple of times recently, you have a bad day or ever, a couple of times been struggling to get to sleep at night. Um, that's just one offs by the way. This isn't some like deep dive into that. I can't sleep and I've had a breakdown, but uh, just a couple of times, you know, you sometimes get like that, it's, it's tossing and turning, you can't get to sleep. Just got my phone out. I had a flick back through the pictures, I had a quick cry, and then I'm emotionally drained again because I'm right back there living, <laughs> <laughs> living it like we all did. And uh, yeah, wonderful. I mean, just, yeah, you know, again, these are sort of like things at the end of my life, or as my life goes on, to say, me and you went out and watched West Ham win away in a Europa League quarterfinal. I watched us in a European semi final, like home and away. Even the experience in Frankfurt, it was a real shame. I was absolutely gutted. Obviously gutted that we lost, but in the manner it was because the red card proper killed it and credit to them. They managed the game really well. But the atmosphere was amazing. It was amazing. I was so glad I got to experience that as well. Um, Yeah, the whole thing, mate, honestly, just seeing my players out there in claret and blue shirts with the eyes of Europe on them doing us proud, all playing for the badge and playing for the fans and the bond between the fans and the players is amazing. Moisey as well. You mentioned it Leon, you know, everyone, you can tell everyone enjoys being associated with West Ham at the moment. or well, they certainly mm. did this season and it's the best thing. It's the best thing. Of course, we've got to take the positives out of it, mate, because, to sort of rain on the parade. You don't know if that's gonna happen again. You don't know what's gonna happen this summer. We've got one of England's finest midfielders of a generation. Yeah. You know, who you know what Declan's gonna who knows what he's gonna go on to do. Uh, so it could have just been a perfect moment and we might go back to sort of all so rounds again or, or just you know bit of a drink here, which is what we've been trying to tell people all season. But uh, yeah that um spelled the end of the Europa League journey. Uh, We wedged in a 2-1 defeat to Arsenal at London Stadium. In between that, uh, managed to thrash Norwich, already relegated Norwich 4-0 at Carrow Road before a brilliant, brilliant 2-0 draw with Manchester City. Raced into a 2-0 lead. Uh, Could have lost 3-2, but Lucas Fabianski has been phenomenal this season, Uh, saving us with a penalty save at the end to still give us hope going into the last game. And then, of course, it's the 3-1 defeat at Brighton after Mikel Antonio, for the first time, his career scores from outside the penalty area. But to capitulate like that was disappointing. A sad way to end the season, particularly when Man United left the door open for another run in the Europa League, which we've fallen so in love with. Uh, and then, of course, but, however, sorry, of course, uh, Europa Conference League secured for next season. He's in European football for one more campaign at West Ham, Jonesy. And, you know, I say it's, it is a shame, especially with all those. You've got to look at all of those those last eight games, really, haven't you? After that Leon game, to win one game at, at already relegated Norwich is a real shame, isn't it? Particularly, of course, the, the Europa League. We know why that happened. But to not be able to squeeze out some points, albeit against decent opposition, uh, in the league there particularly the Burnley and the Brighton games you know it's just just a bit yeah do you think that disappointing end to the season was the lack of squad depth that finally came back to bite us
1: 100% 100% if you look at the the way the season planned out uh, I think we probably lost two of our first 17 in, in all competitions Out of the the 20 games we lost all season in all comps, I think 12 of those came after Christmas or after the new year, should I say. You Mm -hmm. know, we won three Premier League games between March and May. Um, So while we were flying in Europe and, you know, getting ourselves to the semi final of the Europa League, the league form just really wasn't very good from March onwards, Um, barring the odd, you know, the odd half decent result. And if you look at the form, you, know, you win one of your last eight against an already relegated Norwich. It has to come down to squad depth for me. Started really well, loads of energy. get to January. Mm. You no. Know, by January, we'd we'd had that rocky festive period where we, you know, struggled for results. I think it was no winning four or five or something like that. And um, you go right, okay. Well, there's the sign there. What was it no winning? Yeah, five games between the twelfth of December and the last game of uh well, and and Boxing Day. Four defeats and one draw in all competitions, and you're going right. Well, there, there's all the evidence you need that this team's getting a little bit tired. Got to spend some money in January, and mm-hmm. uh didn't do it, and then obviously from there, it all just kind of just falls apart a little bit. Um Obviously, we didn't. It didn't. Did have a, it didn't, we, didn't it? Well, we. we <laughs> I say fall apart, that's probably the wrong way to put. I mean, we did win four four games in a row in January. Great. But then by fall apart, I mean, if you look at actually what we probably could have achieved, mm. um, when you consider the early season form that we had, um, the teams that we'd beaten, uh, and the high that we were on in terms of the Europa League run, if we'd have had f- three or four other players, okay, we weren't that we weren't that fortunate with injuries and obviously the suspension in the Europa League didn't help, but th- just a few more players. Just to add depth and quality into that squad. And That's the key is th- th- quality, mate, isn't it? I think I think we finish we finished sixth, maybe even maybe even fifth.
0: Hmm.
1: And I just think it did cost us the Europa League. At the very least, it cost us the Europa League. Um I'm not yeah. complaining because, you know, finishing seventh in the Premier League was a mile off. I know we finished it the year before, but it was a mile off yeah. in my mind a couple of years ago. So I'll take it, take it, take confidence. And it's still, such, it's still such huge progress for the club,
0: mate. And fans have got to realise that these things don't happen overnight. I know we've been calling for it for such a long time and we were all promised it when we moved away from Upson Park. But yeah, yeah, Moisey's been brilliant, and all right, it might have made an error because the the general consensus seems to be that uh, that it was Moisey's hesitance in January as opposed to the boards um, that meant we didn't we didn't back up the squad. For me, one of the and I sort of think the rest of the squad we were very unlucky with the centre back injuries. That's very mm-hmm. very unlucky for all those to hit. Uh, it's easy for to go, well, oh, yeah, but you know that could happen. Well, yeah, it could, but you've still got to make decisions based on probabilities that was unlikely, but the Michael Antonio situation for me, mate, whoever was responsible for that. I just feel that's that that's the most disappointing thing. Cause that was definitely the difference between mm. a couple of goals here or there that could have, cause the amount of games where he was like, and again, great at the beginning of the season. No, I don't like to slag Antonio off really. Cause it's not his fault. It should be. He's a player. He turns up and does his thing it's on the manager and the club to ensure that there's, cause it could have been, I'm not sure what it was with Antonio. I don't know whether it's fatigue or whether it's, uh, which I tend, to, I err towards this one more, but a lack of competition and a lack of someone keeping you on your toes. Knowing that if you don't 98%, as we know in the Premier League, such a cliche, but it is fine margins isn't it. We see with Liverpool, Man City, right? Um, and with us and Man United, that's such fine margins. And I just think uh, I, I, to get the extra 2% out of Antonio, the, having another striker of equal quality on the bench serves two purposes. One, it gets the extra couple of percent out of Antonio that may or may not have been there, probably not even consciously, but he knows every week if he's fit, he's playing. And I don't think that's a good mindset to have in the Premier League. And I'm sure he doesn't go into training every day thinking that. In fact, I'm certain Mm -hmm. he doesn't. Uh, But ultimately, it's a subconscious thing. And the other thing is when his form goes absolutely down the drain, like it did do for huge swathes of this season, you've got someone there to come on and play. Mm -hmm. And perhaps some of the chances he missed, someone else puts him in. And that's another couple of points. And I just think, you know, all the other stuff is splitting hairs. But a Premier League team having one centre-forward who basically used to be a right back? I don't think that's good enough.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, but then on the flip side, um, when you consider all of that, consider the fact that a striker should have been brought in but wasn't, you had Antonio going through last periods of the season where he wouldn't score. We we barely, I mean, we didn't drop outside the top ten all season. Between what, middle of October and the middle of March, we didn't fall outside the top six. So when you consider all of that, the team, the squad did so incredibly well to maintain some kind of level to be able to still be in, in the conversation coming into the season and put on that run, that run in the Europa League. Yeah. Um with just the one striker. Um and, you know, a defense uh, that was makeshift at, at times. Um so when you consider all of that. I think you have to look at it and go that the players and David Moyes deserve a, a huge amount of credit for still getting us to a Europa League semi-final and still qual- getting us qualified for Europe for another season when the form towards the end of the season um, showed that the opposite should have been true um, in terms of it, it could have been a lot worse in terms of, you know, Wolves could have caught us, we could have finished 8th, wouldn't um, qualify for Europe. Uh, but we did and we did it with a, th- a thin squad now mm. the summer this is such an important summer and we're not going to go and talk about transfers obviously but
0: nope. such
1: an important summer for this football club if we really want to build on these last two years Yeah, the right business needs to be done and it needs to be done um, I-, I have full faith in Morris to, get to-, to bring in the right players but it's got to be a well thought out I don't want to see us chucking ridiculous fees at players if, you know, if we don't have to Get good business done well thought out um and go again next year but be prepared for next year we weren't prepared for the season and somehow we managed to make it a success that yeah, does, yeah that's yeah. not it won't happen again it won't happen again um so this is a massive massive summer for the club um because it, it could be a difference between building or not
0: just one thing right if you're the run- if you're running the club isn't every single transfer window, especially by fans considered a huge transfer window, a huge summer. It's so important because, and then insert reason here. So before it was, we need to add some players because otherwise we're going to go down. We need to add some players because we've been promised this after we move from Upton park, we need to add some players. We build on it again. I totally agree with everything you said, mate. And I'm just worried as I always am really that, you know the success may sort of push the club towards. I don't know. Uh, no, a, I'm... more towards like. Well, we're, we're all right. We come seventh with these players. Uh, you know, I know what you're saying. One but or two.
1: No, you're saying we just released four players. Right, three: David, David Martin, really
0: Ryan Fredericks, Andrej
1: Malenko, Andrej Fine, yeah. So, if four first team squad players go. We're led to yep. believe that, you know, there's offers will be listened to for at least two or three of the other players left in the squad. I think that leaves yep. us with 18 players. All right? And if... if uh, David Morris will know that we need to strengthen. If if you're the owners looking at it going, well, we've had a good season, why should I spend a lot of money? Then, quite mm. frankly, you shouldn't be owning a football club if, if that's your mentality. I'm not going to mm. go into the debate as to whether Golden no, Sullivan no. should still own a football club, yeah. but... Like, that's why I said this is such an important season because we've we've been given something as a fan base and as a football club mm. in terms of hope. That we were promised, but yeah. What we've been promised, but a little bit of hope as well and a little bit of like, this this could be a long-term thing for West Ham. We've, we've built mm. foundations now to be able to move on and, and achieve something. Maybe win some silverware mm. somewhere down the line. Actually achieve something that we can all look back on and go, what an era. Not mm. oh, what a great couple of years that was, but what an era. Yeah, of West yeah, because yeah. no one's had that, uh, um, for a generation, I'd say, in terms of you look back and go, What definitely. an era for West Ham United, what an era, definitely. Yeah, and I think these last two years have, have laid the foundations for that to be a real possibility. That's why this summer. Mm. I mean, I'm not saying that if we don't have a good summer, then you know we'll end up fading into mediocrity. You might we might have to take one step back to take two more steps forward. That might happen, hmm. but to allow us to be in that position to take one step back and two steps forward, they need to have a good summer and they need to really build on what they've done. Um, hmm. And that's why I think it's absolutely huge for us, massive. Yeah, I remember that last time,
0: mate, when we moved to the stadium, just feeling so disappointed they didn't capitalise on the feel good factor of our club being in Europe after the last season after Park, new stadium, Dimitri Payet's one of the most exciting players in Europe, da, 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 all of these things. And just like the transfer business that summer was, was just... just Gokhan, Gokhan
1: Tori and Sofia and Figuli. It was like, yeah, cheers, yeah. boys.
0: <laughs> Proper bad that was, yeah, yeah. Listen, mate, it was a, it was a fantastic season. Uh, and I just, I am inclined to just... Just try and to, because I just don't think people do that enough in society generally, anyway. But just in, like, so much crap going on in the world it seems all the time these days. And I just think, you know, if you're a West Ham fan this year and you find yourself already moaning about transfers, give your head a wobble. Just look back, like the the whole put the reason you're caring about transfers is because you want your football team to do well. I think. Either that, or you just like the soap opera of it all. If you, the reason you care about transfers is because you want your football team to do well, they've just done as well in a season as they have done for like all in, all in. I mean, in all the competitions and on the pitch, and but general club unity and fan unity, they've done as well as they have for, as Jonesy mentioned, really like a generation. The European thing as a standalone is, is historic. Like, it's historic for people of my age, Jonesy's age. we have never seen anything like it. So mm. I appreciate, you know, people want to, but just drink it in and just look back and smile. And all right, yeah, the squad was a bit thin, but we came seventh in the Premier League. <coughs> Excuse me. As Jonesy mentioned, two seasons ago, we finished 16th, 16th in the Premier League. <laughs> And within two years, we've got a manager who we all love and are behind, the fan base who are enjoying going to football in a, a stadium that's gradually improving. I know people aren't always like, but, you know, that, that ship sailed now. And that's proved some amazing atmospheres can be in there. It feels like home. Just look back and smile, honestly, because who knows if it'll happen again. But the fact it did is wonderful. It's absolutely Wonderful. So, genuinely, I think it's just, what a year. And it's so nice just looking back on it all, mate. It's just absolutely brilliant. But look, Josie, we've been rattling on for a long time here. I just want to rattle through uh, the end-of-season player awards that we do every year, very briefly. Um, So, first of all, of course, um, we saw Declan Rice get awarded the Hammer of the Year, Jared Bowen, one player's player. Um, But before we do our... Our various ones, which if you haven't spotted already, uh just a reminder, those are in the chat for you at the moment. But your your player of the year. My player of the year is Jared Bowen. Yours was Jared Bowen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh inclined must admit, I'd voted for Declan Rice in Hammer of the Year, and I'm gonna stick with that. Uh Jared Bowen was phenomenal, uh, but I just think it's because of the position Declan plays, I genuinely think he's one of the best players in that position in the world. One of, before anyone comes at me. Uh, and I think he's going to go on uh, to fulfil that tag at some point. And I just think we're so lucky to have him. Uh, or lucky to have... Sorry, not lucky to have him. Lucky to have watched him week in, week out this season. I think he's a huge part to our success. Right, James, you want your alternative player of the year. Craig Dawson. God, there's, there's literally no arguing with that, is there? Yeah, Craig Dawson been absolutely phenomenal uh, this season. Um, I Yeah, there isn't any argument with that, mate. So I'm going to go with Dawson as well. Goal of the season for you, Lanzini's won it at the end of season awards for his effort at Crystal Palace, which was an absolute screamer, to be fair.
1: That's my one as well. Technically, yeah. one of the best goals you'll see. Uh, the way he fixes yeah. it up with his with his right and then volleys it with his left um, in almost one swift movement. Um, yeah. yeah. Wonderful goal.
0: Yeah, that is the one I voted for the end of season awards, but I'm going to give it to Masuaku for his goal at home to Chelsea. Absolute, st- everyone giving it to him that it was a, uh, it was a fluke, well out of order. Wonderful to see that from King Arthur. I'd be interested to see, mate. I think that, I think we could have seen the last of him, which will, uh, which will be a shame, but um, you know, you'd, you'd expect him to move on this season. I think he's just fallen away from that level. Signing of the season, James.
1: I'd love to give, I'd love to be in a position to give it to Alex Crow but um <laughs> no it's I, he's got it's he's got got to Zuma I think he he added a, a level of quality and experience to the our defense particularly with Bonner injured that we desperately needed um it just kind of he just added an additional bit of quality in a season that we needed it at the back and um yeah for me that's it's him
0: yeah fair enough mate fair enough look um I I'm going to give it to uh, Alphonse Areola because uh, I like yeah. I like your I like your thinking there. Um, but I think he was the keeper for the historic Europa League campaign. The cup he was obviously the cup keeper. The, the the Carabao Cup game against Man City was phenomenal. And I know there's lots of clamour about us getting that signing done nice and quickly. Uh, conversations already been had about whether Feb. Biansky will be not. That'll all all come over the coming weeks, of course, but I think he's been brilliant. I think he's gone about his business well. He's clearly a class act. Uh, And it's like having a bit of an old cliche, but it's been like having two number ones. So, uh, yeah, Zuma has been been phenomenal, but just to be a little bit different, I genuinely think he deserves lots of respect, Ariola, for what he's done. Um, And staggering wages. I think about 175 grand a week, led to believe, is his total. Uh, PSG package, of which we've been chipping in a little bit of. But um, yeah, hopefully we can get that one over the line. Rumour has it that PSG are offering to still subsidise a significant percentage of his wages for him to make the move. Uh Clubman of the year, James. Clubman of the year? Like, what? what is that? What's a well, clubman? it's the the clubman of the year, it's like, you know, the one when, when you're playing Sunday, like sportsman of the year, when you're playing Sunday league, basically the kid who always turned up to training, his mum usually washed the, or dad usually washed the bibs, um, rarely got on. He would run the line quite often, wasn't particularly good, but just there like is general only one general levels of,
1: yeah, of course. It's Alex Crowell. <laughs> you just
0: got to give him something.
1: Well, I mean, he is club of the year. I mean, I don't know whether his mum washed the bibs or not. I don't know, but barely got on. <laughs> always, always had a smile on his face. Any picture you saw of him, he'd be sitting on the bench, smile on his face. Um, I give it to him just for having a, a fantastic attitude, despite being hauled away from his um, uh, from his hometown to uh, to play for a club that doesn't really want him there so um yeah <laughs> yeah
0: yeah yeah fair enough mate fair enough you can uh have alex crow for that one uh i gotta give it to nobes i think i think i know it's a little bit of a cliche but he effectively was that's sort of what he did for his last season wasn't it just like Sweet the dressing the or whatever. yeah yeah. Oh, yeah oh god mate i hate that oh i hate that by the way all of that <laughs> sick of seeing uh, pictures of nobles sweeping the dressing room sick <laughs> of people calling Mr. West now already um, but he's, he's he's released an autobiography as well I don't know if you saw that bowling boy coming out in November I think um, but yeah it's got to be nose, isn't it really hasn't contributed stacks on the pitch uh, <laughs> but just I could imagine him taking a bib home, guaranteed if, if the washing machines broke take a moment to his, uh, his lovely house in Essex Given to his wife Carly, just I wouldn't mind doing those for us this afternoon, would you? Uh, him hanging them out on the uh, on the tumble dry on the washing line, sorry, and uh, nice and fresh for the next days. So, yeah, Clubman of the Year, Mark Noble for me. Flop of the season, Jonesy. I feel like if you're a player's going to win two awards from you, it might be Alex Crow.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've been thinking about this one the most because I didn't want to give it Alex Crow because it's not fair to give make the same players a flop when he's barely played. It's a toss up between him and, Diop. and it's The reason mm. why I am thinking Isidio is because with Ogbonna getting injured, he had a massive, massive opportunity to step up alongside Zuma, and then Zuma gets injured. Um, I, I know he and he and Dawson did play for a while, but I just felt like the moment Zuma came back, like that was his opportunity to be Zuma's partner uh, outside of. And instead, he allowed Dawson to come in, Dawson you know, very difficult to. Knock him out when, like, knock him out of the team when he was playing so well. But I just felt like this was his season, and he had his opportunities to really become a first-choice centre back, and he just didn't. But I'll give it. Mm. I will give it to Alex Crow because um, I, I won't go as far as I had high <laughs> I hopes just wanted for
0: him. For the have two trophies.
1: <laughs> yeah, as much as I, I, I won't say I had high hopes for him because I was a little bit unsure. Um, but he didn't really fulfil any kind of expectation. Um, and I'm pretty sure that's the same with for, from inside the club as well. David mm. Moore is probably expected better than what he actually got from him. Yeah. Um, Never so listen yeah. to the, uh, the the Czech scouts
0: ever again, Thomas. Too no. fair, singing yeah. his praises. Yeah, fair enough, mate. Uh, I obviously I think ultimately it's probably Masuaku, really, isn't it? Most fans would probably say that. I think because he's just fallen completely away from the level needed now. Uh, mm. which is a shame because everyone knows what I think of King Arthur. Uh, but I'm going to give it, and I might get a bit of stick for this. I'm going to give it to Saeed Rama because I thought this year was the campaign that he was going to, he sort of had his first one and people were clamoring for him to play, even though Jesse Lingard was tearing it up. Uh, and Moisey made the right decision there to, to sort of ease him in. Lingard goes in the summer and it's like, all right, Said. come on then. Everyone's been clamoring to you for the, for you to play you've had your time bedding into the club like now's your time son take the burden on your shoulders and and be the new Lingard and prove to Moisey and the fans that we didn't need him he's had an opportunity this season and frankly he's been outplayed by Manuel Lanzini and I've loved watching Lanzini have a, a swan song but ultimately I think if you're Cyberama Lanzini shouldn't have got the opportunity to do that. I appreciate he's good in flashes. He's good in flashes, but I just think his overall contributions are nowhere near as he should have been stamping his authority on that on that team and that position. And Lanzini shouldn't have been able to get a sniff apart from when he was not fit or not ready for games. And I, I just think I really wanted more of him. So flop's probably harsh because I know he's done some good things, but I'm saying
1: the biggest disappointment for me. Eleven goals and six assists in the opening flop of the season. Madness. Flop is a bit harsh. It feels a bit harsh. Yeah, yeah. Eleven. Like yeah, 11 but it was one of only three players this season at West Ham to hit double figures for goals.
0: Hmm.
1: Third highest assister. Yeah, okay. He blew hot and cold, but flop of the season, mate. That's that's arse. But we'll move on. We'll move on.
0: How many? Ad- yeah, yeah. Fine, fine. Result of the season.
1: Obvious. Three nil at Leon.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No need to even talk about that anymore. Uh, I think we've sort of touched this already. Jones, here, expectations fulfilled is a resounding yes for both of us, I think, is it not?
1: Exceeded for me.
0: Yeah. By far uh, your lowest and highest moments. Well, the highest moment we will ignore because we've done the Leon thing already. Uh, lowest moment of the season.
1: For me, it's got to be losing to Frankfurt in the semi-final, that second leg, I, the red card hit me very, very hard. Obviously, I wasn't in Frankfurt, but I, I the, the red card set me off. I, I was in tears sitting on my sofa. <laughs> uh, <'cause> I, <laughs> I just knew. the red
0: card the game was not even over yet.
1: <laughs> yeah, because I just knew, I knew that was game over, wasn't it? Like, we're 2-1 down, uh, we're 20 minutes in, away from home, and we're already down to 10 men. We're not getting back into this. It's, it's game over. And then obviously, they score. Mm-hmm. That was the lowest I felt. For and then after the game, I felt low for maybe twenty minutes, and then it was overtaken by pride and just general mm. happiness that that we we got that far. Yeah, absolutely,
0: mate. Uh, I didn't honestly. I just didn't have any of that. I just even because uh, I sort of knew felt the game was over. I just enjoyed the whole thing so much. I wasn't really in a bad mood when we, when we lost. Yeah. Obviously I was in Germany for it as well. And it, it, I didn't really have those feelings. Um, my lowest moment of the season, genuinely, cause it was just so infuriating. <laughs> I genuinely think this um, was probably the last minute winner Brentford got. And know it seems so like <laughs> such a rogue, but I just remember thinking, God, this is rubbish. Like this is rubbish. It's Brentford. They've just come up. How are we not like clinging on for a draw here? Um, yeah, that was that was pretty annoying. The Europa League basically just gave me nothing but highs, mate. There was obviously some disappointment mixed in with it, but um, yeah, that was those those are sort of frustrating uh moments, I think. And not being Arsenal was irritating. Uh, the biggest shock, James, uh, I just think that's that's the whole season, really, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think all round. Kind of half half expected us to have a, a decent season, but as we said, expectations exceeded. Really, Um just uh, uh, is it a shock? I don't know. Is it a shock? Um Shock might be overdoing it a little bit, but yeah, a pleasant surprise. The biggest pleasant pleasant <laughs> surprise is is what we did all season.
0: Okay, yeah, fair enough, mate. Fair enough, and maybe the yeah, I don't know. the biggest shock I genuinely think is beating like all of the teams that we did a season where we beat Manchester United, Manchester City, um, Liverpool, Chelsea, and Tottenham. I think you know that's a shock, surprise, whatever it is. But listen, mate, it's been an absolutely wonderful campaign. We've had a blast doing it. Uh, again, you've uh, sort of been a bit challenging since January. I got my new job. The hours are. I changed up a little bit, and it's been a bit more awkward. We have tried to squeeze it in where we can. It always cheers me up having a chat to you every single week, mate. Uh, and what a journey it was this season. The amount of stuff we had to talk about was was second to none. So all I'll do is reiterate my thanks to the people who we did earlier. First and foremost, though, to you, mate. Uh, it's been a just a, a roller coaster, a roller coaster season. But uh, say, so always cheers me up. Chatting to you every week, so uh, yeah, thanks for for being there, week in week out for all that sort of stuff. Uh, thanks to the sponsors, as we mentioned earlier, Manscaped and Football Prizes in particular. Thanks for all our opposition views. Thanks to Betway, huge thanks to Betway um, for the charity bets section. It's been an absolute great season on that front, Jonesy. Just quickly, have you have you sorry to put it on you? I don't know if have you got the totals there for Betway for the season.
1: Yeah, I've got them. So um this is before um Betway match match our totals. And I could okay. the the match total at the end. So we didn't Bobby win, Bobby... it's worth noting we didn't win a Brighton bet, did we? No. Didn't win a Brighton we bet. A so bet. So we ended yeah. with you for the Bobby Moore fund, two thousand four hundred and seventy five. Brilliant. Uh myself for D T thirty eight foundation was six hundred and thirty seven pounds fifty. And Reese for, for ILS fight was nine hundred quid. So all in. So you bet we were matching whatever we won at the end of the season, all in is eight thousand and twenty five pounds
0: Brilliant, mate, brilliant, absolutely brilliant, and we were at twelve and a half grand last year, so a little bit short this season, um but we had a few big ones come in. Josie finally got off the mark fortunately two bets in as many weeks, I believe right at the end of the year james um but eight grand that puts us over the twenty grand mark for those three fantastic charities. Um, for, yeah, over two seasons and whatever else we do on this podcast, we're absolutely delighted to be able to do that. And thanks very much to Chad and uh, Betway for linking up with us and making all of that possible. Thanks to the people who've bought us the beers and got in touch, as we mentioned earlier on. But thanks most of all to literally every single one of you who listens and downloads this podcast every week, wherever you are in the world, week in, week out. It's just sort of become part of of mine and jonesy's week we squeeze it in where we can and we try and edit it and get it up as quickly as possible um uh, and yeah i try and make it sound uh, as good as as possible but there's a, a decent old number of you who download and listen to me and jonesy chat about west ham every week uh there's all normally at least one of us just talking absolute guff and uh, i will admit that it is usually me but uh we really appreciate All of you guys who tune in, download, get in touch, whatever it is you do, whether you just download and and keep yourself to yourself and don't engage every week. It's absolutely brilliant for us, thinking of you guys, whether you're on the way to work, in the car, on the trains, out running, whatever it may be. We really appreciate the time you take. uh, Listen to me and James. Drone on. It's been a long but amazing season for West Ham United. It's been a pretty decent one the We Are West Ham podcast as well. So for the last time this year, we're not sure when we'll be back yet. Definitely won't be June. In all honesty, probably won't be July because we need a break, probably more so than the players do. It's been a corker. It's been an absolute emotional, tear-jerking rollercoaster ride for the two of us. And for the last time this season, West Ham United are massive everywhere they go. Thanks so much for listening. Up the hammers. And we'll see you next season.
1: Hi, this is Tony Cotty, and you're listening to the We Are West End Podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.